0: Hey, are you a fan of music? Any music from the 21st century? Well, this guy, Jeff Blue, he found them. He's basically anywhere and everywhere when it comes to the 21st century music. I mean, I'm talking about Linkin Park, Macy Gray, Limp Biscuit like Nickelback he's got connection with Nickelback yeah. he's everybody uh, I
1: mean what uh, Ubastank better than Ezra just like so grandson yeah just
0: so many different acts man this guy's been touched with or involved with or discovered it's like freaking crazy yes I mean he's coming on to promote his new book that's coming out one step closer so be sure to hit books million and Barnes and Nobles when that comes out and man it, you're gonna enjoy this interview you oh, really yeah. are but that's later on the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 151 this yes. week. Yes. Damn.
1: The downslide stretched to episode 200.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna
1: say it because we look how fast we did these 50 yeah. I mean it
0: was just like woo I know it felt like no time at all man no time at all well you guys know your host with the most myself JLo fantastic and the one and only mouth and of course special appearance by the one and only peanut the puppy dog yes you guys saw so much love for him when he popped up
1: last week will he pop up again this week Probably, probably. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Thank you for all the love for Peanut,
0: though. We that that's awesome. Exactly. You guys can follow him on Instagram if you want. Peanut the puppy at twenty at on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> that's right. Even the dog has I mean, it's all about social media. Exactly. All about exactly. Media. But guys, we have a jam packed show for you this week. Woo. I mean, literally, our moniker is if it's going down in Hollywood, we're talking about it. That's right. And there was a lot of stuff going down in Hollywood. Oh
1: my gosh, man! So
0: much happening this week.
1: Like Monday, yeah. The rundown would normally have been filled like it w- it looked like it was a full rundown on Monday. I was just like what I is know. going props to our producer Jason yeah. because there was so much popping and happening this week and he caught all of it he was he was on top of it he got it and you're gonna get it (laughs) that's right man So be prepared this is like a really long inter uh industry news segment yes let you guys know be
0: prepared (laughs) but before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyatmedia.com where the new merchandise is available right now on our website guys it looks freaking fantastic people have been asking for a lot of podcast merch and we are providing for it. it's for true you. So, It's i true. Mean, you ask and you shall receive that's how we do if it. you're watching on youtube you can see a little visual of it right now this is why you guys need to watch the youtube you can see peanut you can see shirt designs like i mean why right. wouldn't you want to i mean why come on you now want to? that's right this logo and that logo that right logo there. is on a shirt exactly. if you guys want
1: it it's on a shirt <laughs> and what
0: is it if it's happening in Hollywood, we're talking. About it. Exactly, exactly. And, of course, you guys know you can donate to our Patreon page on our website as well. That's right. Start supporting the guys you love. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, of course. You know, all of a
1: sudden we're like John Bernthal or Richard Gere. We're exactly. Like we we are American We are American
2: That's so funny. <laughs> That's,
1: I guess I'm Gere and you're Like no. I mean, generation-wise. Generation-wise. Yeah,
0: generation you, you know, you <laughs> know. So let's get this thing started with some Disney news. We're so super excited about this because things are slowly but surely trying to get back to normal. Disneyland is heading for a mini smidge reopening in March. Touch of Disney will open from noon to 8 p.m. Thursday through Mondays at the California Resort. Uh, The tickets are going to be around $75, and you can already start purchasing those at the beginning of March. So, guys, this is super exciting. Of course, you will have to wear a mask and social distance, but we're getting there, guys. It's really exciting because we can actually start going to events again.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, I mean,
1: this is exciting for everybody. Their tickets are going to be on sale on their website and for uh, season pass holders and – so, yeah, I mean, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, me too. I'm pumped for it. Uh, we talked about this uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago on the show that the Muppets are coming. The original Muppet show is coming to Disney+, Plus, right? Yes. Well, you guys have seen kind of like with all the stuff on Disney+, Plus, some of the older films that were somewhat like, you know, um, Risqué. And 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 maybe inappropriate depictions of races and and different things like that, or towards women or towards you know African Americans and stuff. You know, they cut those scenes out of those movies. Well, they're not doing that with the Muppet Show. Yes, they're not going to cut out and or not show an episode. But what they are doing is they're adding a content disclaimer to the eighteen episodes. Of the Muppet Show. Uh and, and they started streaming. If you guys missed it, I haven't missed it because I fucking love the Muppet <laughs> yeah, They started streaming last week. <laughs> um and, and basically, here's what it says. The, it, it's going to read, This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create more inclusive futures together. And that's going to air or air in front of the episodes. Um, and just to give you an idea, there's there's like an episode where Johnny Cash is the host, and he does a singing segment, and he's singing in front of the rebel
0: flag. Yeah. So that episode would get that disclaimer. So episodes like that, that that's going to kind of be the thing. It makes so. sense. It really does make sense. I mean, great content, but also, I mean, you know, some things are risque, so we got to, you know. Yeah. But, and more exciting news, Marvel. Marvel's doing some things this week, guys. They finally announced the title of the third Spider Man film. Yes. No Way Home. And I love how the cast members all week were like messing with the, the home line. So it was just so funny. My favorite funny. was Holland, uh, Spider Man Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with Spidey on
1: top of the thing in the apron. That was fucking fantastic. That was great. Yes. Feige releasing all kinds of stuff at the he TCA. Is. That's why it was all packed this week in industry news, guys. Everybody was at the TCA. They were releasing all kinds of stuff. And WandaVision just blowing it. The most popular show in the world. We keep talking about this. We know the ratings are going to be huge the next time we see the streaming ratings and everything. We oh, know. Yeah. Well, all that's going to be the thing, right? But, despite all that, despite all the epic numbers, despite all the success, despite all that, WandaVision uh, is not going to see a season two on Disney+. Yeah. Kevin Feige confirmed that. They said there's no plans yet for a second season of the show, saying that season one of WandaVision will hand straight off into the upcoming Doctor Strange in the um, Multiverse of Madness, which was always the plan. Right. So don't be disappointed. I mean, everybody knew that this was kind of that's what the series was for, was a launch pad.
0: But now it's confirmed. Exactly, exactly. And when WandaVision ends on March 5th, it's okay, guys. It's okay. Because literally right after that, on March 19th, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is dropping. And yes. a lot of people are excited about that oh one. Oh, my gosh. And this one will
1: have more than one season, from what we understand. Yeah. Several of the shows will. Several of the shows will not. But that's not it. Because after that, if you, if it's <laughs> like, no, but what do we do after that one? Well, don't worry. Because the series premiere of Marvel Studios' Loki won't be too far behind it. It debuts on June 11th. So, if you're following that, it's going to come like basically right after uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. comes Loki, right? And then the studio's first animated series, What If, is uh. also going to debut. Um, they're wrapping up production on Miss Marvel as we speak. They're shooting Hawkeye right now. <laughs> and when that's finished in just a few weeks from now, they're going to start shooting She Hulk. And right after She Hulk, they're going into production on Moon Knight. So basically, you're
0: like boom, 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 yeah, you're boom. You're gonna boom. have your Marvel content. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ooh, man, I'm super pumped about. that. I am Thanks. too, man. I am too. It's gonna be awesome in the stocks. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Laura Marsden, you might know her from the Quibi series Survive. Yes, she's been cast as Zoe Zimmer on Disney Plus's upcoming Marvel series, a Frenemy Ms. Marvel. Yeah, she's gonna be a Frenemy. Fremini, however the. Fuck, you said that, and so it's gonna do a lot. I don't want you to spend no, your No, 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 no. Uh, but it's gonna do a lot with obviously popular girls in high school. Like, oh, we're friends. Oh, we're not. But I mean, I'm very excited about this because we need more female superheroes in the spotlight, and yep. we're gonna get that.
1: Yes, yes, I'm super excited about Miss Marvel. Of which we don't know what we'll get a second season because much like WandaVision, Miss Marvel is going into Captain Marvel yeah. too. So, I mean, it would make sense if that one didn't get a second one. And as you guys know, Monica is spinning off of WandaVision into Captain Marvel 2. So, yeah. This one I'm kind of disappointed on because we talked about this on last week's show about all the rumors. And I was super excited and thought maybe it was really going to happen. But apparently not. Feige confirmed that despite recent reports, Hero, Baymax, and the rest of the Big Hero 6 crew, not currently set to make their live-action debut in the MCU. Yeah, because I loved that movie. I loved it. There was, it was a lot of speculation. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, it took a lot of liberties from the original incarnation in the comic books. They changed Bayomax to, a like, this... Pillsbury-dough-looking, inflatable medic kind of a thing. But it went over really well, and everybody loved that film. A nice tribute to Stan Lee and everything. So I was excited to
0: see that, but not happening. Yeah, man. Not happening. Super unfortunate. Super unfortunate. But Feige did hint at that possibly those Netflix Marvel series might be coming to Disney+. Yes. Maybe, maybe. And we're talking about Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, and The Punisher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., might come into that little Marvel underscore. That's So that's, that's right. super exciting and super interesting because they are dark as fuck. Yeah. And, and, and violent. <laughs>
1: well, well and, and what's really interesting about that is it's like you're saying, but in what incarnation? Like, will it be the same people? Will it not? Are they going to redo the shows? Well, he said – He's not sure what kind of contracts the casts were under. Yeah, that would imply to me that he wants to keep the cast members. That and, and he's they're trying to figure out the contract stuff. Are they still obligated? Do they have to sign new contracts? So, and then like you said, those are dark versions of those shows. So if they bring those versions into the MCU, right? Wouldn't I mean Kingpin slamming yeah. the door like like right? Very violent. You're, th- you're thinking, how are they going to do that? That's very violent, very dark. Would it fit into the Disney Plus, PG-13 kind of a thing? And I'm wondering, and I'm only saying this because Feige also confirmed that there are currently no plans for more rated R MCU projects beyond Deadpool. Deadpool will be the only one that they allow to be rated R, including the Blade reboot yeah. coming, and if we know they're bringing Punisher and like all that yeah. in there. so. Really? I know. You're gonna do like Bernthal's Punisher or or Deonfrio's Kingpin, and it's
0: not gonna be rated R. <laughs> L- like, or I mean, Blade is not gonna be rated R. I know. I know. I trust the man himself. We trust him. But yeah, it's very interesting, especially when you've already seen these projects like that. How do you dial that back a little yeah, bit? Yeah. How do you dial yeah. that back? This is very freaking awesome because everybody knows I love Star Wars. Yes. Disney announced that The Bad Batch, the Star Wars animated series, is set to premiere on May the 4th, yes. which obviously makes sense because May the 4th be with you. That's right. So, Star Wars Day. Duh. duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so awesome. Lana Zach, we know you're going to be pumped for that one. Hell you? yeah.
1: You're a Star Wars geek and we love you. All right. Fantastic. Uh, This one I'm super excited about too. It just keeps getting better and better and better and better. The Mighty Ducks game changer showrunner Steven Brill is teasing that yes, yes it's happening. Joshua Jackson could indeed show up in the series. What? Are you kidding me? In a recent interview, he said, We've talked to Josh over the years developing this, and he's part of the family, part of the group, and everyone else, when and where they show up, is an open, exciting question. The new Mighty Duck show is set to debut uh one week after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh my So that's like your little hangover between uh Loki and right. so, so there it is, right? <laughs> but the idea of Joshua Jackson coming back and and, and playing a bit because, as Emilio Estevez says, once a duck, always, always a duck.
0: duck. So it only makes sense. And exactly. I love Josh Jackson. So that's awesome. Agreed, man. Agreed. So much content on Disney Plus. It's going to be freaking amazing. And speaking of more great content, yeah. Ronald D. Moore is in progress or in process, I should say, with developing multiple TV projects at Disney Plus, and that will be set in Disney's The Magic Kingdom. Now, this is going to be the one awesome. that's kind of like. Based off the theme park rides, so which is super exciting. Now, the series is loosely based on the fiction of organized of the same name that is part of the Disney theme park lore. In the show, the theme lands and characters of the Disney parks and classic films all actually exist in another reality. Yeah. So, what does that mean?
1: I don't so know. So many
0: questions. Yeah, that's
1: going to be badass. You know, there really is a secret society of Disney World, like people. Which is crazy. They're, they're, it's crazy to me. So if they're going to do a series about that and then explain, yeah, that's going to be badass. Hell yeah. Um, okay, Disney Plus has also set the spring and summer premiere dates for some of their big new series coming. One, High School Musical, the series, season two, is going to premiere Friday, May 14th. And the Mysterious Benedict Society is going to premiere Friday, June 25th. Turner and Hooch is going to premiere Friday, July 16th. Chippendale Park Life will premiere Friday, July 23rd.
0: I swear, they're going to catch Netflix faster than they think. It's yes. going to happen. With all this great content coming out, they're going to catch Netflix so freaking fast. I'm telling you. And with one of their huge movies that started Disney Plus when it finally premiered on all platforms yes. is Stargirl. That was a huge freaking movie. It's not Stargirl like on the CW. Nope, Completely not that Star. Stargirl. Stargirl. Completely different. But it is the sequel is in the works at Disney Plus, the company's live action division is bringing back much of the creative team behind the original movie, which is super exciting. And of course, Grace Vanderwall is going to be back to play the star character, and Julia Hart is going to be on as a director. There you go. And it's going to be they're going to be joined by Elijah Richardson as well, composer musician Michael Penn, and she is also StarGirl herself is going to be performing some original music. Oh, so that's awesome. That is very freaking exciting. And Richard is going to be playing the lead romantic type. Ooh, there you go. It was a huge hit, so I'm not surprised they're doing a sequel. Right. And in case anybody
1: forgot, they have a network television uh, (laughs) channel also, not just Disney+. (laughs) Plus. They actually have network television. It's called ABC. You might have heard of it. Well, they're doing some stuff too. (laughs) Singer Eve is set to play a leading role in ABC's drama pilot, Queens. Mm. In addition to starring... Eve will be uh, rendering original music for the show as her character. Eve will star in the role of Brianna. 20 years ago, Brianna was a professor of sex.
2: Yeah. sex.
1: <laughs> you heard that right. Professor uh, sex. One fourth of the nasty bitches. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the real... Na- I'm not making that up. Nasty no. bitches. And they were rapping about money, sex, and her all-around glamorous lifestyle. But today, Brianna is a proud wife and mother of five in a stained sweatsuit who's barely had a second to breathe.
0: Yeah, this this is the one we talked about a while ago when it's they were young and like had a hip hop group but then turned into like regular people. Now they're coming back <laughs> as nasty, nasty bitches. bitches. <laughs>
1: nasty bitches is the best rap female rap name group ever. Like that's gonna be so uh, fun. So
0: good. ABC is still doing some amazing stuff. They have given out a pilot order to a drama project called Promised Land, and the show is described as an epic generation spanning drama about two Latina X families vying for wealth power in California's Sonona Valley. Oh. So, so it's about ooh. the wine, Oh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I'm loving that one.
1: Okay, we talked about this one a couple of weeks ago too. About remember Soul of a Nation, the ABC news show that was going to explore the life in black communities in present day America. Yes. Well, we've got some more news about that. Apparently, the most famous black man right now, honestly, in, in all of television and movies and stuff, this guy is killing it, Sterling K. Brown. Yes, Sterling K. Brown. Yes. He will serve as special guest host for the March 2nd series premiere of the show. Uh, And it's going to be a six-episode news magazine that will focus, like I said, on black communities in present-day America. The premiere episode will be led by ABC News' Adrian Bankert, Sonny Houston, Byron Pitts, and Pierre Thomas. And get this, of course they brought in Sterling K. Because some of the interviews that are going to be in this premiere episode are with Danny Glover, John Legend, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, Hero, uh, who was the first officer to speak out publicly since the storming of the Capitol, by the way additionally apparently the man the myth the legend John Aha. is gonna give a special uh, intimate musical performance so that's awesome and then episodes are gonna bow March
0: 2nd at 10 p.m. on ABC and will be available the next day on Hulu that's so cool yeah. I can't wait to check that one out and Hulu has also ordered a three-part documentary series which documentaries are huge right now oh so yeah it makes sense the rise and fall of Victoria's secret I know the docu series will take viewers behind the scenes through first-hand accounts and investigate research to reveal the inner workings of one of the country's largest brands and cultural institutions, especially on the female side of things. The rise and fall of Victoria's Secret uh, joins Hulu's current slate of award-winning original documentaries uh, that include such as uh, Fire Fraud, which was huge, Minding the Gap, Ask Dr. Ruth. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I Am Greta and Hillary. So, it makes sense, man. They're, everybody's pushing for this. Will there be a crossover with nasty bitches? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were
1: some nasty bitches that caused the downfall oh, of, sure. uh, I mean, come on, man. I'm sure. All right, all right. Yeah, because, you know, not just ABC and Disney+, Plus, but Hulu, too. Don't forget Hulu. Exactly. They've got them everywhere, man. All right. Kevin Michael Richardson, because th- Fox... Fox. Fox. All right, Kevin Michael Richardson will be taking over the voice role of Dr. Hibbert on The Simpsons, replacing Harry Shearer, who's portrayed the black character since nineteen ninety. Mm. The recasting comes after the Simpsons producer said in June of twenty twenty. You remember this? We talked about this pretty extensively. That they were going to be starting to replace white actors uh, with non-white that were playing non-white characters with actual people of color, right? Uh, remember Hank Azaria, who voiced um, Apu. Uh he drew some backlash and got some stuff from that, and so they changed out, and that role went to somebody else. Alex uh, Desert from, I remember him from Flash way back in the day, but yeah. anyway. Um And this is interesting though. I saw this, and this wasn't part of the story, but I saw that Matt Gronig, the guy behind The Simpsons and everything, says he was fine with non-people of color playing people of color. Yeah, He was fine with it. He didn't see it necessary to swap out. Yeah. So, I, he... He that he said it. I'm just saying. I don't know what that means, but they're they're swapping them out anyway. Yeah, (laughs) everything's
0: blowing with the climate. I mean, you gotta go with it, or yeah, you know. That's right. Uh, um, Heading over to Warner Media, the bunny Angel Manuel Soto has signed on to direct Blue Beetle for Warner Brothers DC Film Division. Yeah, it would also be the first uh, studios first Latina X superhero movie. Soto's movie will focus on the most recent version of yep. Blue Beetle, which was introduced in 2006 as a Mexican-American teenager named Jamie, Jamie Reyes, and his powers come from a mysterious scarab uh, that binds to Reyes' spine and provides him with a powerful suit of blue alien armor that can also equip him with bespoke weapons and wings.
1: Yes, he's a badass Sounds character. like a
0: badass, yeah. A
1: lot of people thought he was going to show up in the Arrowverse but he never did and then also there was rumors that he might pop up on Titans but he didn't Mm. so he's getting a feature film and then the next question would be because Booster Gold is always linked with Blue Beetle will we see Booster Gold eventually which would be badass um that's not it though there's more DC news there's a lot of DC news um Rachel Ziegler remember her the unknown that Steven Spielberg picked out of obscurity and cast in West Side Story the remake of West Side Story well she's gonna be popping up in Shazam Fury of the Gods uh, opposite Zachary Levi, the sequel coming up. So, who's she playing? We have no fucking idea. Yeah. Because, as always, Ziegler's role is being kept under wraps. Yes. So, I have no idea, but it's going to be badass. Yeah. She is quickly rising. I she mean, is. and this is her
0: first film since West Side Story. Mm. So, there you go, man. It's good to see the success in the young artist. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, It yeah. really is. And acclaimed essayist and novelist Tanashi Coates nice. uh, has been hired to pin the script for the feature reboot of, get this, Superman. Which will be produced by the one and only the man, the myth, the legend himself, J.J. Abrams. Yes. According to sources, the project is being set up as a black Superman story. Michael B. Jordan. Just saying. I'm yeah. Michael well, B. Jordan. Let's yeah, put because that out Michael, there. Michael B.
1: Jordan, when he first signed his overall deal with Warner Brothers way back in like 2019 or something like that, he tried to get this off the ground and it didn't happen. But this guy. This guy that's been brought on to write it and everything, guys, there's some interesting stuff about this. He's currently working on a movie right now with a certain fella named Ryan Coogler, mm. who happens to <laughs> just be, like, best friends with fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan, right? Only makes sense. Also, this guy has written for Marvel Comics, including Black Panther, and his run on the Black Panther comic book is the storyline that was inspired for Black Panther the movie, and he even got thanked in the credits by yeah. Bob Iger. Ooh.
0: Yeah, that right. That would all <laughs> seem to me like a perfect setup for Michael B <laughs> to like <laughs> to come on as the Black Superman. Everybody's been wanting this for like 2 years oh, now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, ever so, since like somebody photoshopped him in the suit, dude. I I would love that. Yeah.
1: So I I'm I'm guessing that's we're going to see that. Yeah. We're going to see that.
0: It'd be epic.
1: And so this next story makes total sense because the popularity of Superman is booming right now, right? We watched it. Did you guys watch it? The premiere of Superman and Lois and, and, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Why are you so excited, crazy guy? Because you hated it. You didn't want to see it. I fucking loved it. it was I great. was wrong. It was, really I was good. Lo- It was so fucking good. And it delivered for the CW, like giving the network its biggest Tuesday audience in two years, even crazy. bigger than Walker, which yeah. we talked about, which was a huge debut, right? The show's 90-minute premiere drew 1.75 million viewers and a .37 rating among the crucial 18 to 49, giving the CW two consecutive strong series, Walker. Uh, and the show also had the largest same day audience for any of the network's DC comic shows, including The Flash, since The Flash's Crisis on Infinite Earths episode in 2019. Yeah, man. So that's huge.
0: Uh, It's the most watched Tuesday night show since January of 2019. CW is doing a lot of big things right now. They have a lot of great shows, and I love to see it because it's just great content. Yes. It's really good content. Most definitely. Um, Hope Davis has signed on for a multi-episode arc for the upcoming third season of the Emmy-winning HBO series, Succession. Yeah. Uh, which is currently in production she will play Shandi a uh, furnace who is a daughter of logan roy's longtime rival sandy furnace oh. uh <laughs> a bush sandy ambushed furnace. uh by his rebellious son kendall at the end of season two logan roy begins season three in a like really crazy fucked up position scrambling for secure of family family political and financial alliances tensions rise as a Bitter corporate battle threatens to turn into a family civil war. I really want to start watching this series. It's
1: loosely based, from what I understand, on the Murdoch family Mm. from Fox. You know, and so I I, I really am. I I want to get on that. I want to get on that. Reminiscence. Yes, that sounds creepy, doesn't it? it? It's a new action thriller starring my man Hugh Jackman. We love Hugh Jackman. It's going to open in theaters and on HBO Max on September third of twenty twenty one. That's this year. It is. <laughs> <laughs> the film co-stars Fandy Newton. Hugh Jackman and Fandy Newton. That's a winner right Epic there. You know right it's going to be <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, okay. And Rebecca Ferguson. Holy shit, this is a great cast. The story follows Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind. Of the mind. That, of course that's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> of course it is. As he tries to help clients access lost memories. After one of those clients may who's Rebecca Ferguson, disappears,
0: Bannister uncovers a violent conspiracy. Uh, ooh, I know. Sounds ooh. intense. Yeah, it and sounds awesome. Sounds really good. HBO Max has also given a series order to Subject to Change, and this is another one coming from J.J. Abrams. It's going to be a drama. Jennifer Yale is set to serve as a showrunner on the project for Warner Brothers. There you go. Television and Abrams' bad robot. The series follows a desperate college student who signs up for a clinical trial that is Starting point for a reality bending adventure. What the fuck? Yeah, that sounds intense. And then,
1: of course, we talked a couple of weeks ago about JJ moving forward with the Green Lantern I series know. and like all He's this a busy kind of guy. Stuff. I, I think they're just gonna rename it JJ Max I'm instead fine. of HBO Max. I mean, that guy that. is like literally taking over Warner Brothers. It's fucking fantastic. Hell yeah! All right, that, but that's not it. It's not now the huge block because this is the most I think we've ever talked about Viacom CBS or as Logan used to call it CBS Viacom. That's right. <laughs> I got over that. Yeah, <laughs> you home. did. You got. You got. I'm so proud. It's so good. (laughs) Anyway, as you guys know, it's coming up. CBS All Access is going bye-bye. It's being rebranded, right? Rebranded as Paramount Plus because everybody has to have a plus. Of course. Except the Peacock. Everybody has to have a plus. So they are the last of the major entertainment companies to debut a broad streamer, which is like Sort of, because CBS All yeah, Access it was, was there, there, yeah. <laughs> but they're finally launching, as I said, the rebranded, revamped version of CBS All Access on March 4th. CBS. now here's the thing, we're going to get into this. They're going to offer two different price points. An ad-supported tier, so they're going the peacock route. Yeah. There's going to be an ad-supported tier that features live NFL games, CBSN, and thousands of on-demand originals and a library of titles. And then there's going to be a That's going to be five dollars per month, okay? Um, And then there's going to be a ten dollar tier that's going to be ten dollars a month, and that's going to have everything that the free, the five dollar tier did, but it's also going to be ad free, and it's going to include live sports and live local news. And live CBS shows. So, you basically, you can watch CBS live is what they're saying. Yeah. And that's going to be the difference, the $10. The lower price tier uh, won't be available to subscribers until June. So, if you want to sign up right away, it's going to cost you the $10. Yeah. Um, Now, here's the good thing. Paramount Plus subscribers will also be able to bundle a subscription to their sister streamer, Showtime, for an additional fee. But if you're like me... If you're like me, who had the CBS All Access Showtime bundle through Apple TV, here's the beauty. You get to keep it. It's all good. You're grandfathered in, yeah, you're yeah. not gonna lose it, and it's still gonna be the same price, the ten bucks. So your Apple TV's still five thirty four, ten sixty nine for Showtime, and now Paramount Plus, and you're good to go. So
0: yeah. boom. I think it's a weird idea though. For them to release the lower tier a couple months later. But yeah. But I, th- I think that might be bad for them because, I mean, people who want to try it, I mean, of course they want to try it for the lowest option. So why wouldn't they just wait until June? Because, I mean, this thing already exists. So why not just wait until June and just try it for the lower price?
1: Right. And so, so. now you're thinking, right, like, well, what's coming? What are they going to fill it with? Right. Everything. Every freaking everything, thing. And we're about to tell you. Yes, we are. Uh, but
0: Viacom CBS announced that its film division, Paramount Pictures, will substantially shrink its time in the theaters. So it's mm. really weird. Instead of the traditional 90 days between theatrical release and First home entertainment availability like through a red box or a streamer or anything like that, they're gonna take it down to either thirty days or forty-five days. The 45 days will be like huge blockbuster theatrical releases. Yep. Like for example, Mission Impossible 7, Top Gun Maverick, and A Quiet Place Part 2. Notice that two of those films are Tom Cruise. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but which is Mr. Very, Paramount. Mr. Paramount, literally. But, Tom Cruise Plus. They should have called it Tom dude, Cruise Plus. I mean they would have probably got more subscribers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's very interesting. Especially like, how are they going to differentiate between the 30 and 45 days? But I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Which was it? Was it Cinemark or was it AMC that also made this decision with um, a? Uh, studio AMC AMC, that made this decision with the studio I think you'll see more of this because of the time we're in and trying to go with the flow of the climate
1: yeah and and here's the crazy thing they're gonna have upwards of almost 3,000 films and you're thinking does
0: Paramount have that many
1: well they do because Because. they're also gonna be able to use films that they have licensing deals with from epics and MGM and Sony and Lionsgate so all of those film libraries yeah, are going to have films on Access along with Paramount
0: films, which, there it is. There it is, man. There it freaking is.
1: That's not it, though. It's Paramount not. has also announced that the sequels to Paranormal Activity and a prequel to Pet Cemetery are moving forward and they're going to debut on Paramount Plus, <laughs> <laughs> which, duh. The films were developed by Paramount Players, the studio's genre label. Paramount's looking to produce between four to six films. Specifically for the streaming service Paramount Plus, which makes sense because I mean that's what the, what it's all about. Right. Paranormal Activity is going to be a new unexpected chapter in the sure. long running series. Sure it is. And Pet Cemetery apparently is going to be an origin story to the Stephen King yarn about the dangers of bringing back your dogs, cats, and furry friends from beyond the grave.
0: Sounds uh, so like, just like so reboot.
1: before the
0: movies, so that'll be interesting. It like, will be. I'll let you take this next one because I know you're super excited. I know. I'll yes,
1: let you have it. and as our buddy Stacy Oristano said she had the best tweet ever about this story. Maybe he finally figured out what to do <laughs> with the scrambled eggs and ham. Like I, I just I love that. Okay, Frasier, guys. We've been talking about it forever. Huge fucking fan of Kelsey Grammer. Huge fan of Frasier. I loved this show when it was first on. I loved it as Frasier on Cheers. One of the longest-running characters, by the way, ever in television history yeah. from his time on Cheers and then bouncing over into his thing. Well, anyway, you guys have known it's been long in development. Kelsey Grammer's been trying to get Frasier back on the air and rebooted it forever. Yeah. Well, it's finally fucking happening thanks to... Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> the Fraser Revival has officially been ordered at Paramount+. Plus. Kelsey Grammer will return in the title role because can you have Fraser without Kelsey Grammer? No. Right. The answer is no. Um, and he's going to executive produce also. Now, David Hyde Pierce, Jane Leaves, and uh, Perry Gilpin are not currently attached to the Revival. And as you guys know, Dad, John Mahoney... And the dog. And the dog. They both passed away. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to come back. But my guess is long rumored that it was going to be about um, the brothers. So I'm pretty sure David Hyde Pierce will find something real soon that he has signed on. I don't know if Jane leaves. She's currently on um, The Resident and it's got like a major storyline arc going on there. So, uh, But with these streamers, though, the,
0: the scheduling is like, so maybe, maybe. But Yeah. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what freaking happens. I'm just so fucking pumped. I know it. you are. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan has said... Seen- Set a number of new projects at Paramount Plus under his extended overall deal, including the Yellowstone spinoff. The spinoff is currently titled Six 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 Six, like literally uh, Six Infinity. Yeah. Uh, founded when Comanche still ruled the West Texas, no ranch in America evermore steeped in the history of the West. Than the six 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 still operating as it did two centuries before, and encompassing an entire county, the six 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 is where the rule of the law and the law of nature merge in place of where most dangerous thing is does. Is the next thing, which oh. makes weird sense, but apparently it's uh, a Yellowstone prequel uh, at Paramount Plus, and it, the show is set in the 1880s. Yeah, and
1: this is separate from the other Yellowstone spinoff that they we already talked about a few weeks ago, so he's got two Yellowstone spinoffs coming, but that's not it. He's got it's a not. shit ton coming where he's actually going to get out of the West. He's moving out of the West. Yeah. And Jeremy Renner has signed on to star in Taylor Sheridan's Mayor of Kingstown. Mm. That's going to be badass. It was originally supposed to be on the Paramount Network, but now it's going to Paramount+. Plus. Of course. <laughs> News of the casting comes after Sheridan's extended overall deal, which we just talked about. One of the shows that's already set up under the deal was Yellowstone Prequel, as we just told you about. Now, Mayor of Kingston fouls the McCluskey family... Power Brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, where the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry. So tackling themes of systemic racism, corruption, and inequality, the series is going to provide a look at their attempt to bring order and justice to a town that has neither. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, like, you guys, they're clearly talking about private prison systems, right? right? And I'm guessing their family's going
0: to be... Coming in and running prisons—that's going to be badass. Yeah, especially bringing light to a subject that is very hot right now and has been like very much talked about, and is also a gray area. You know, not a lot of people like to talk about the gray area, but Paramount Plus does. So stay tuned that's for true. that. And it <laughs> just
1: begs the question: What's going to happen to Hawkeye? Oh, that's great. We question. know the Hawkeye series coming is to set up Kate Bishop yeah. and moving. So. That he signed but, it on to yeah. another
0: show. That's mm, mm. that's yeah, sketchy, man. <laughs> sketchy. Man, our buddy and epic studio owner and runner, uh, Tyler Perry Studios, is working on All the Queen's Men Ooh. for Paramount+. Plus. The series follows a female owner of an upscale strip club in Atlanta who is savvy and charming, and it's expected to shoot in Georgia's capital city. Yeah, yeah. Talk about something we never talk about besides like hustlers and American Gigolo and shit like that. A fucking savvy, slick talking female strip club owner. It only makes sense that Tyler Perry's doing it, right? Because I mean, he's going to tell the
1: story the way it should be told. Exactly. Is it Cookie? Oh, my sure, gosh. That would have been bad. That would have been great. It's not. That's Lee Daniels, not Tyler yeah. Perry. But still, I'm guessing she's going to be that type of a character. Yeah. Right? I, I could be probably, wrong. but Okay. Right. Now, as we've talked about, the whole woohoo Paramount all coming together when they merged with Viacom, right? Bah, what does that mean? It means all of the Star Trek universe is under one roof. And it's all going to be on...
0: Paramount, Paramount Plus!
1: Plus. <laughs> the Star Trek universe is making its permanent home on Paramount Plus, including the premiere of the latest Trek iteration, the animated kid series Star Trek Prodigy. Mm. The show is about um, a quarter of alien kids who take control of a seemingly abandoned Starfleet vessel. Mm. Um, It's going to premiere on the streamer later this year, and after its 10-episode run has concluded there, it'll show up on Nickelodeon where it was supposed to originally go before the whole Paramount Plus thing. The move is part of a wider official strategy in placing every current and former Trek TV series on Paramount+, Plus, including the new seasons of Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks, which are also moving to Paramount+. Plus, Along with Prodigy, Discovery, and Lower Decks, Paramount Plus is also an active production on the second season of Star Trek Picard and the new series, Star Trek Brave New Worlds. That's the one with um, Pike and and Spock. Okay. Um, And it's the largest expansion of the Trek franchise since its inception in 1966. And if all that wasn't good enough, If you didn't hear me clear, all of the series. So Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and the original series, all on fucking Paramount+. Plus. That's crazy. Plus all the movies. Yeah. All of them. I mean... I know. If you like Star Trek, you need yeah. Paramount yeah. Yeah, Plus. You that's know that's where to saying. subscribe. <laughs>
0: you know where to subscribe. And an all-new Rugrats CG animated series that's slated to premiere on the streaming service in 2021. And all the original people who voiced the characters are coming back. I mean, we're talking E.G. Daly, who played Tommy. Yep. Nancy Cartwright, who is Chucky. Charles or Cheryl Chase, who is Angelica, Cree Summer, who is Angelica! Susie, and no, not that cat, Saucy, <laughs> uh, who is Phil and Lily. The Nickelodeon animated animation studio is producing the revival, which promises to follow the toddlers as they explore the world and beyond from their pent size and wildly imaginative point of view. There you go. Yeah. And don't lie. Every time you hear Angelica, you know you sing it to you. you. Know don't you
1: even do. fucking say you don't because you know you I know. Do. I'm going to let you take this next one because this is your generation it's right true. here. So. It's true.
0: It's true. Dora the Explorer and Fairly the Odd Parents are both getting live action reboots at Paramount Plus as well, which both of those live action films didn't do well, so I'm very why? Why is this happening? I guess trying to go back to their roots, but still, this just happened. I mean, the Drake one, like I don't know, yeah, Drake Bell. Like you remember that shit? Like, like seven, ten years ago, or whatever. But the Dora one literally just happened two years ago and was not successful it did at not all. Go over so very well. it's very interesting, and these are going to be series. So I, who knows? Again, <gasps> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it <what> was successful.
1: <laughs> it's true. Push it up Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> beavis and butthead beavis and butthead was extremely successful their movie was extremely successful they're relaunching with a new series right we we talked about that a couple weeks ago and in order to kick off that new series to get everybody excited about it apparently mike judge is making another beavis and butthead movie yeah, right that will sit alongside the new comedy central series that was ordered and coming later this year a new fucking beavis and butthead movie like a sequel to I'm so fucking
0: excited. I love Beavis and Butthead. I love Ren and Stimpy. I love all... So I'm just excited to tell about that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty freaking exciting, man. I cannot freaking wait. I'm also really excited about the slew of classic MTV and VH1 shows that are coming back for Paramount+. Plus. Behind the music, I always love that. Mm -hmm. Yo MTV Raps... Uh, unplugged, which we got one of the best all-time Nirvana albums, which was epic. So I'm so happy because there's so many good artists now that could do an unplugged like Adele. Imagine oh Adele go- doing oh unplugged. Oh my. Oh my gosh. Man. That'd be so. I mean, Bon Jovi,
1: brilliant. Mariah Carey, like like the people that Rod Stewart. I'm just thinking that all of the different genres Dude. that did Unplugged. Yeah. They were all good. Yeah. They, I mean, there wasn't a bad Unplugged.
0: No, there really was not. And the streamer has also ordered a new series from the one and only the man, in the myth the legend himself, Dave Grohl. Everybody yes. knows him. The, Speaking of Nirvana. Yeah, right? <laughs> Titled, From the Cradle to Stage, the streamer is also set to debut a new Road Rules, which oh. is a competition series and a all-star edition of The Challenge. And RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars has moved to Paramount Plus from VH1, and some shows that were canceled are also coming back for Paramount Plus. What? Like Ink Masters and this new... The show that I have never heard of. It's just a very interesting concept. Dating naked. What? <laughs> in the time the that... The best way to do in it. In the time <laughs> that we're in and like Me Too movement, dating naked. What? Come on, naked and afraid is like Survivor naked, God. and it's huge. This it's huge in the ratings. Weird. It's
1: so like you know. You're come on.
0: literally exposing your vulnerability. That's right. I Just guess. get it out
1: of the way right away, right? Like I mean, first date, it's always awkward, right? Just come naked, and get all the awkwardness right out of the way. It's
0: like fine. <laughs> is that a third nipple? Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. And I'm glad we're talking about that now. Do you want the salad or the like, <laughs> or the soup? Let's move on. It's not all good news no, for not. for Paramount Plus, though. Not all the shows are coming back jordan peele's reboot of the twilight zone do not adjust your television sets do it. um it's not going to be returning following its two season run yeah both existing
0: seasons will however be on paramount plus if you want to watch them kind of sucks he was very passionate about that one so that one it sucks it sucks
1: it, uh yeah hmm this one yeah, I know. I know. It's not
0: Paramount Plus, it's, but it's still Paramount. It's still Paramount. <laughs> uh, Edgar Wright has been tapped to direct "The Running Man" for Paramount Pictures, an adaptation of Stephen King's dystopian horror novel. The boost was loose. The book was loosely adapted into a 1987 film that was directed by Paul Michael Glaser, Glaser, whatever the fuck. Yes. and uh, featured Arnold Schwarzenegger. The upcoming version is expected to stay more. Faithful to the source material, so they say. And the story takes place in the United States in year 2025, which sees the economy in ruins and violence just everywhere. Now, there's no cast. There's no plot details or anything like that right now. But, you know? It, it's going to be interesting. So what are
1: they saying? They're saying we finally got rid of Trump and Biden comes in and then at the end of his term, uh, the society's like that? Right. What are we doing? What are, uh, The real question is, is, will the running man dance come back?
0: Right. That's I, the I real mean,
1: question. Come, I mean, it spawned a dance. Everybody forgets about that. <laughs> this one, uh, this show just keeps getting better I'm and so better excited. and better and better. I'm so fucking excited about this. Apparently, playing Margaret Thatcher wasn't enough. The Iron Lady no. wasn't enough. Gillian Anderson's now been cast as Eleanor Roosevelt. Jesus Christ. Margaret Thatcher and Eleanor Roosevelt. That impressive resume. So she went from (laughs) uber-fucking-conservative to uber-fucking-liberal. Like, boom, she's got both of them. That's awesome. Uh, I'm of course talking about Showtime's upcoming series The First Lady. Anderson joins as we've talked about, like it seems like for the last month, Um, series leads Viola Davis and Michelle Pfeiffer who will play Michelle Obama and Betty Ford respectively the role marks the second time in recent memory that Anderson has played a famous figure, I just
0: told you Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in season 4 of The Crown but she's not the only one No, Judy Greer has also signed on to this project's guest starring role in the upcoming series and Greer's going to be playing Nancy Howe who is Betty Ford trusted confidant and a social secretary and she takes the Takes over the role from Pamela Alden, yep. or Alden, and who dropped out of the project due to scheduling conflicts. Everybody knows it's Hollywood. It is. And uh, Howell and Ford were said to be inseparable through thick and thin from facing Betty's struggle with breast cancer to turning dusty White House traditions upside down.
1: Yes. And her battle with sobriety and, like, you know, yes. of course. You can't leave that out No, the Betty can really Clinic. Can't. The Betty Ford yeah, Clinic. Literally. Okay. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Okay. Did you guys, this next one, did you guys hate the fucking abrupt ending of Ray Donovan as much as I did? Like, what the fuck? Like, it canceled. We don't care if the story's not finished yet. Well, I think that they realized they fucked up. Showtime is going to fix it. Yes, you're hearing me right. Much like they're doing with Dexter and fixing that disaster of an ending. They're fixing it for Ray Donovan also. Ray Donovan's going to get a feature-length film continuation at Showtime, following the show's surprising cancellation. That's right, because I was pissed about it. Leave <laughs> Schreiber is going to return in the title role, because much like Fraser, could you have Ray Donovan without Ray With, Donovan? No, out, you couldn't. Yeah. You, you need Leif Schreiber. He's going to return. Um... Also with series stars Jon Voight and Karis Dorsey also returning. And it's going to pick up. This is what I love. It's going to pick up right where season 7 left off with Mickey in the wind and Ray determined to find and stop him before he can cause any more carnage. So they're basically what this is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end it correctly. Yeah. It's going to say, okay, this is what really how we wrap it up and how it goes. And thank you. That's
0: good. Thank you, Showtime. That's good. Basically, what Entourage did. Thank you, HBO. Yes. Um, now, heading over to NBC Universal, Saturday Night Live has booked Nick Jonas for February 27th, and he will appear both as the host and the musical guest. This is going to be his. Uh, it's going to be the fifth episode of 2021. Yep. Although he has performed on the show before as the musical guest, this will be his first time hosting the gig. So I'm super excited about him because he's actually really funny. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to see him in this And that's world. tomorrow. So guys, get ready. That's tomorrow. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. This next
1: one's interesting. <laughs> this, one, this one, I get it. I played Frogger. I'm an 80s kid. You guys know that. I'm an 80s kid. I fucking love Sounds the 80s. Everything. And, you know, you remember Frogger? If you weren't an 80s kid, maybe you don't. It was just video game where you basically had to take this frog and cross inter- intersections, interstates and roads and, and with, with the goal of not getting him splattered by a car. Yes. That Frogger. That's what, that's what the game was. Well, somebody thought that would be interesting live. Let's do it. Uh, like Wipeout. <laughs> this is a Wipeout game show type show based on Frogger. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. It's getting a modern day uh, competition series upgrade at the Peacock. Yeah, right? Well, okay, it only makes sense that the peacock would do Frogger. It, that That's fine. <laughs> the hour-long Frogger is going to feature 12 obstacle crossings uh-huh. instead of courses because he's going to be crossing. And the, you're, I know what you're thinking. Is it going to be the cars? Yes. They're, yes, <laughs> so they will. So dangerous. The individually, physically demanding challenges based on the original game. These challenges will range from dodging traffic to leaping over snapping alligators and hopping over hungry hippos. Just like in the game. However, the show is not solely physical. Contestants will also have to have their strategy and problem-solving smarts tested with these challenges. And it's been given 13 episodes. I don't think
0: it's going to last past the first season. That's super dangerous. That is super freaking dangerous. The question is, who's going to host Frogger? Yeah, right?
1: I want to know who's going to host Frogger.
0: I'll do it. I'll do it because I'm an 80s guy. But, I mean, just... so crazy man so freaking crazy some exciting news that literally just broke today everybody knows them they love them george clooney and julia roberts they're re-teaming back up for ticket to paradise now they're going to be playing a divorced couple who travels to bali together to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they did 25 years ago and this is built as a romantic comedy yeah that's all we have too (laughs) that's all we have that's right and it's like what does that mean? <laughs> so I'm super excited. I don't know. So, so shouldn't it be tickets? Right. Because they're both going,
1: right? They're both like, going. And then cue Eddie Money. Two tickets to paradise. paradise. If if not, epic fail. I'm just fucking saying. And George Clooney and Julia Roberts, if you've seen James Corden and, and Carpool Carey, they should fucking sing it. They should. <laughs> they're so funny.
0: <laughs> they're,
1: we're just adding to the story. We're just, George, Julie, call us up. We'll make that happen. It'll be you. fantastic. Ooh, Sony. We're going to Sony. Sony has news. Sony has sort of the Spider-Man stuff, but this is Sony's not Spider-Man news. This is going to be great. Robert Wisdom, John Wu, and newcomer John Christian have joined Michael B. Jordan and Chante Adams in Sony's upcoming journal for Jordan directed mm. by Denzel Washington. Remember, this is the one about the soldier that goes off into war and he's keeping a journal writing to his son, his his newborn son and so I mean, it already sounds sad as fuck. It does. But it's got a great cast and it's Directed by Denzel fucking Washington. Exactly. Denzel Washington and Michael B. Jordan, sign me up. I'm just, wa- it's I'm going to watch it. I'm going to cry. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's gonna be and great. it's probably going to get nominated for a shit ton of
0: fucking awards. Probably. Probably. Sony Pictures Television has optioned Holly Madison's best selling author, Tell All Memoir, Down the Rabbit Hole. That and this, Holly Madison. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a curious adventure or a A Cautionary Tale of the Former Playboy Bunny for uh, development as a limited series with Samara Weaving, Hollywood, and a set star as Madison. Down the Rabbit Hole looks beyond the polished facet, the fascinating thing that is the Playboy brand, and it's going to depict a whole bunch of damaging stories of women who entered... This thing, trying to follow the dream and found themselves manipulated, controlled, and abused by the machine.
1: And for anybody who doesn't know, Holly Madison was like the long-time live-in girlfriend of Hugh Hefner. Yes. You know, uh, so there you go. Yes. It's
0: going to be interesting. There it is. There it is.
1: All right, jumping over to Lionsgate, we've got more Julia Roberts news because she is America's sweetheart. It's, it's true. true. <laughs> Stars has picked up the anthology series Gaslit with Sean Penn and Julia Roberts set to star in the untold story of Martha Mitchell's role in the Watergate scandal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. For all you youngins, that's Richard Nixon. Yeah. I am crook. I'm Ronald. Okay. I'm <laughs> the roles of Army Hammer and Joel Edgerton have been recast. Edgerton left the series a month ago due to
0: scheduling conflicts. <laughs> you know you why? Already I, know you why. know why <laughs> Hammer's
1: gone. Um. Y- yeah.
0: Um. Okay. <laughs> moving on. So funny. Uh, Stars has recast the role of Talbot. Baker uh, for its step up TV series, replacing uh, Patrice Jones, the actor who played the part when the show's first two seasons aired on YouTube. But uh, Keenan Lonsdale and Jones took over as a series regular role on a different show, so he was unavailable to go to this new season, which makes sense. I mean, you know, like we just talked about. Scheduling conflicts, this is Hollywood.
1: Yeah, and, and, and re- remember, d- due to the tragic death of the main star, uh, the Glees, Niera, Rivera there, uh, I mean, so now they're recasting with this role also. So, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And, uh, hey, if you guys aren't familiar with uh, the name, Key and Lonsdale, that's Kid Flash. Yeah. Uh, on, on the Flash series and Legends of Tomorrow and everything. So, good choice, good choice. Rachel McAdams and... Ant Man's daughter, the cutie, the cutie patootie, who's now like, like they've aged her up. But the cutie cutie, remember the cutie cutie, Abby Ryder Forston, they've been cast in Liongate's upcoming film. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's an adaptation of Judy Blume's beloved coming of age book. Forston will play Margaret Simon, a sixth grade girl who is going through puberty and searches the universe for any answer she can find. McAdams is portraying Margaret's mother, Barbara. Mm.
0: Intense, man. Yeah. I
1: love Abby. I've seen her in so many different things and she's just like – even starting in the little commercials yeah. and
0: she's just adorable and she's a great actress. She really is. She really is. Well, heading over to the streaming juggernaut, Netflix, Netflix Woo! co-CEO and chief content officer. You know him. You love him. Ted Sarandos has also announced that the streamer has created a $100 million fund for creative equity, investing over the next five years in a combination of external organizations with strong track records of – of settling underrepresented communities mm. for up for success in TV and film industries, as well as bespoke Netflix programs that will help us to identify, train, and provide job placement for up-and-coming talents globally
1: yes damn it's much like what we talked about uh, last week with disney about really making an effort to go forward and do this and good because disney set the bar Iger put that initiative out there and they've been killing it well you know and so everybody else has got to follow suit good for netflix for doing it good move good move one of our favorite shows you just heard from her last week carol barbie raising Dion season two you heard all some juicy tiddales but we've got more tidbits for you about season two Rose Flynn from How to Get Away with Murder, Abrina Davis from Genius and Aretha, um, Tracy Bonner from Sweet Magnolias, and Josh Ventura from P Valley—they're all joining the season two cast of Netflix's yes. superhero drama series. So Flynn will play Tevin Wakefield, a former long-distance runner and Olympic track coach who becomes Dion's trainer mm. and mentor. He's protective yet playful, and here's the part we don't like—he's going to develop a close relationship with both Dion. And Nicole. Oh shit! Oh wait, what? You yeah. heard Carol say it's about moving on. She moving on with this track coach. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. We're all Team Jason. Jason Ritter. God damn it. Where's Pat? Where's right. Pat? Where's Pat at? <laughs> That's right. Davis will portray Janelle Carr, a 15-year-old girl who's been labeled destructive and dangerous. Janelle's mother brings her to a Biona in hope of managing her behavioral issues once and for all. And when she's there, she forms a bond with Nicole and Dion. Janelle becomes heard for the first time and mm. values that first time in her life. Bonner is going to play Simone Carr, Janelle's mother, Oh, who is frightened for her daughter's future and just wants her to live a normal life. Mm. Ventura, the last one we named, is going to play David Marsh, the new VP of Biona, who hopes to rekindle his personal relationship with Suzanne Wu. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, man. Super excited for season two. Uh, Zack Snyder's zombie heist film, Army of the Dead, uh, is set to release May 21st on Netflix. Flicks. army of the dead was first announced back in 2008 as the sequels 2004's dawn of the dead oh, uh, which yep. universal and warner brothers producing and so i mean it's just super crazy because it's it's been in development and like all that and so much time man
1: yep yep and they released a trailer if you guys haven't seen it yet check it out zach yes. snyder's trailer released for it too which was badass i'd be back yes the terminator is coming back did yeah. you see the last film well we're not talking about that this time he's coming back
0: anime. An anime form. No,
1: we're not even kidding. Anime. The Terminator is coming to anime with a new series at Netflix. The streamer has ordered the project from Skydance, which makes total sense, because Skydance owns all the the Terminator stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um... This is crazy. Skydance, if you didn't know, produced the last two Terminator films when they took over the ownership of it and everything. And uh, IG, which produces anime series such as Ghost in the Shell, which the um, Scarlett Johansson film was based on, right? Uh, Yeah. And Maltz and Tomlin, a writer on Robert Pattinson's The Batman, are set as the showrunners and executive producer. And it marks the first animated TV adept...
0: Nice, sounding like me, yeah. Coffee, coffee time. Adaptation, yeah, there it
1: is. <laughs> Adaptation. Of the franchise. There it is. That's going to be really interesting. I know,
0: man. I'm so super pumped about it just to see what it's going to look like. Oh, yeah. To be honest. And if Arnold will voice it. Right. And will Cameron be involved at all? At all, man. Linda Hamilton. Any of them. Yeah. Like, okay. So good. So good. David Fincher and Michael Fassbender I mean- are teaming back up for The Killer. Fassbender mm. will star as an assassin who is, begins uh, psychologically, cracks his, develops a conscience, uh, even while his clients can. Continue to demand his skills. Fincher mm. is being associated with the film since last, or at least since 2007. That's crazy. Yeah, when the project and adaptation of the French graphic novel was set up at Paramount and so I mean this is a prime example of it takes a while to get projects off the ground. Yes. Right.
1: And see that's what we were talking about earlier when we were giving you all the Paramount news. Normally it's about them passing it on and here's one. Yeah. They right? they, they, they put it in turn around and Netflix picked it up. Exactly. Alright. Charlize Theron and Carrie Washington. Ooh that's fantastic right out of the gate. Have joined the cast of Paul Feig's upcoming Netflix movie The School for Good and Evil. Yes. Based on the young adult fantasy novel by Soman Chahania. Yeah. The story Fowl's best friends, Sophie and Agatha, as they are kidnapped to the school for good and evil. Mm. After their fortunes are reversed, their friendship is put to the test as the duo attempts to return home. Washington is going to be playing Professor Dovey, and Theron is portraying Lady Leso, two looming figures at
0: the mysterious House of Education. Damn, sounds intense, man. Yes, it does. sounds intense. Well, two huge creators are finally teaming up, which is going to be super exciting because they're both doing epic shit behind the cameras. And, man, Kenya Barris and... 50 Cent are developing a series at Netflix and it's going to be called The 50th Law based on Curtis Jackson's 50 Cent's best-selling novel or uh, book, I should say. The 50th Law is a semi semi semi-autobot Autobiographical. Oh, I know. I ran out. I ran out. Account <laughs> of detailing 50 Cent's rise to both a young urban hustler and an up and coming musician with lessons and like just a whole bunch of inspiration from figures in his lifetime, such as Abraham Lincoln, Sun Tzu, uh, Socrates, Napoleon, Malcolm X, and James Baldwin.
1: Yes. So. I, I say 50 Cent quotes Sun Tzu in the art of war all the time and like things that he's working on yeah. now. And so it's going to end, I guess, with the music thing. But now he's like a prolific television producer and yeah. just all like whooping fucking ass on TV. Yeah. So good for him. I know you were you were thinking, right? What's America Ferrera doing now that Superstore's been gone and right. she's off the show, right? Well, don't worry about America because America's resilient, as Biden says, and we always come through. Well, so is America Ferreira. (laughs) She's set to make her feature directorial debut. So she's moving in the film. She's doing directorial debut, and it's going to be an adaptation of the young adult novel I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. Mm. Yep, this is a Netflix film. The New York Times bestseller from Erica L. Sanchez follows Julia Reyes, the precocious and strong-willed teenage daughter of first-generation Mexican immigrants. She often clashes with her more traditional parents who wish she were more like her sister Olga, the platonic ideal of a Mexican daughter. However, when Olga is killed in a tragic accident, mm. it's up to Julia to hold the family together. Damn. That sounds intense. Yeah, I bet there's going to be resistance
0: from the parents, man. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I bet she stars in this too. Oh yeah. I I, I mean, oof, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Well, Oscar winner Holly Berry has signed on to star and executive produced in The Mothership for Whoa. Netflix. And it's going to be a sci-fi adventure that follows Sarah Moores, who's going to be played by Holly, and uh, for one year after since her husband mysteriously vanished from a rural farm when she discovers a strange extraterrestrial object underneath their house. Uh, apparently, Sarah and her kids embark on a race to find their husband, father, and most importantly, The truth. This comes, of course, it extends Barry's relationship with Netflix, who recently picked up the rights to her directorial debut, *Bruised*, a mixed mixed martial arts drama that premiered last year in Toronto's International Film Festival. Yeah, so that's really cool. Fantastic. I love to see Hallie,
1: like, just, like, excelling, because, I yeah, she's just phenomenal also. Right. been a huge fan since the 80s and Knotts Landing, and I know most of our listeners have no fucking idea what <laughs> I'm talking about. So good. It's called, look it up. It's look it's it fine. up. It's fine. Mia Kunis, That 70s Show, Mia, Mrs., you know, Kuchen. Coocher? Kuchar, Kuchar, Ashton Kuchar. <laughs> yeah. By the way, best Super Bowl ad. That was like you know it yeah. was between that and Drake. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Mia Kunis has signed on to top line Netflix's feature adaptation of The Luckiest Girl Alive. Oddly enough, based on another novel. Like wow, these guys are just killing it. The New York Times best selling novel of the same name. Kunis is also producing the picture with her Orchid Farm Productions. The plot centers on Annie Finelli, a sharp tongued New Yorker. Really? A New Yorker that has a sharp tongue? No way! Right? She appears to have it all. A sought-after position at a glossy magazine, a killer wardrobe, and a dream Nantucket wedding on the horizon. But, when the director of a crime documentary invites her to tell her side of the shocking incident that Mm. took place when she was a teenager at the prestigious Bradley School, Ani is forced to confront a dark
0: truth that threatens to unravel her meticulously crafted life. Mm. Trying to leave the past in the past, but it's coming back to bite you in the ass.
1: (laughs) Which is what documentaries
0: do best exactly bite you in the ass exactly (laughs) exactly man speaking of documentaries operation varsity blues a new documentary that will be pulling back the curtain on notorious college admission bribery scandals that ensured hollywood celebrities financiers and other members of the elite society that we have here in america that's right and it will debut on netflix march 17th of 2021 the film promises to provide a deep dive into the methods used by Rick Singer, the mastermind behind all of this shit, to get children of his wealthy clients into top schools, and these schemes include everything from enabling kids to cheat on their college admission tests to falsifying sports credentials or bribing school officials. It's going to be deep, man. Fuck Aunt Becky. Fuck Aunt uh, Becky. We haven't said that in a while. <laughs> we
1: haven't, but there it is, there it is. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Emmy-nominated writer, producer, and director Zynga Stewart, you might know her from Little Fires Everywhere and Tall Girl, set to direct five episodes, including the pilot episode of Netflix's upcoming limited series, From Scratch, which Mm. is starring and executive produced by Zoe Zeldana. Nice. Gamora. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. It's um, based on Tembi Locke's best-selling memoir. The series is from Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine Banner. Mm. She's everywhere. She from is. Scratch is a sweeping autobiographical romance that follows an American woman as she falls in love with a Sicilian man while studying abroad in Italy, then builds a life with him in the United States. Mm. When she unexpectedly loses him to an illness, she is challenged to pull herself through grief so that she can raise their daughter as they would have raised her together with hope, joy, joy. And infinite love. Damn, I'm excited.
0: Zoe Zeldon, I'm she's. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I just exactly. Love her. Well, I mean, anything coming from Hello Sunshine is just fucking great. This next one, we're both super excited about Mayor Pete. This is honestly who we wanted, but you know, things happen. Things happen. That's right. 2024, 2024. Uh, Amazon Studios <laughs> has landed a Pete Buttigieg documentary from Boys State co-director Jesse Moss. Mayor Pete will take in the audience inside pete's quest to the first openly gay president race in america's history yes it will be showing him in his indiana home with his husband Chastain, and will go inside the campaign's early days as well as pete's historic contested victory in the iowa caucus the film is expected to release later this year Super, I'm so excited! I, I mean, about that I'm one. a huge Pete Buttigieg
1: fan. I, I just, I, I, I hope we see him in office one day. Like, like, now it's great he's on the cabinet, but I want to see him in the executive office, either vice president or president. I, I agree. I pumped, pumped. Taylor Kitsch is set to star with Chris Pratt in Amazon's. Damn, that's a good cast. Right. Amazon's upcoming series, The Terminal List. Kitsch will play Ben Edwards, a former Navy SEAL and best friend of James Reese, played by Pratt. The story follows Reese after his entire platoon of SEALs is ambush during a high stakes covert mission mm. when Reese returns home to his family He questions his own culpability with the muddled memories of the event. However, as new evidence comes to light, Reese discovers dark forces working against him. Edwards uses his CIA ground branch access and operator skill set. He's got a particular
0: set of (laughs) skills. Right? (laughs) To help Reese seek his vengeance. That sounds badass. Right? Super drama. Super action. Well, let's go to romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Slate and (laughs) Charlie Day have been tapped to star in a new romantic comedy for Amazon Studios in the movie titled I Want You Back as uh, Slate and day will be playing 30 somethings dumped by their respective partners and a terrified that their their fairy tale shot will never, come to fruition oh. and so to complete with marriage kids and houses in the suburbs are over with no prospects on the horizon and the thought of dying alone looming they hatch a desperate plan to win back their exes who are already in new relationships along with slayton day the ensemble cast includes uh, the good place star manny jefficho oh. and gina rodriguez and scott eastwood oh, love Gina Rodriguez. Uh, Oh my gosh, she's so good. And Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood, of course. Okay,
1: Norman Lear, television pioneer behind every fucking successful sitcom ever way back in the day. Norman Lear's Act Three Productions is going to executive produce Clean Slate, starring Laverne Cox and comedian George Wallace. Oh, wow, we haven't seen George Wallace in a long time. No. The series currently in development at IMDb TV. Centers on car wash owner Henry, who's Wallace, whose estranged child comes home to Alabama after 17 years, but he must do some soul-searching as he comes to terms with the fact that his adult child is now a trans woman. Mm. That's not going to go over well in Alabama. Right. That is
0: going to set up for a serious comedy right there. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And last but not least, Apple. Austin Butler and Colm Turner are to lead in Steven Spielberg's... Masters of the Air, alongside Tom Hanks, and it's going to be a World War II drama that is a continuation of the Band of Brothers and oh. Pacific franchise. So it's all kind of in one universe. So it's yes. really freaking exciting. Anything that alongside with Tom Hanks, and I mean Tom and Austin are also starring in that Elvis biopic. That's right. So that's right. It's really cool.
1: And I love that Spielberg and Tom just keep doing all these World War II and history
0: stuff. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. Woo! We did it. We did it. Thanks to massive happy-go-lucky mug of coffee, man. Woo! So thankful, so thankful. And we're even more thankful that we have a great great freaking guest on the show this week the one only jeff blue who's the mastermind behind the music industry man this guy is super inspirational he has so many stories with so many different people you guys are gonna love this freaking
1: absolutely interview. and not just what advice that he gives it for the music industry but for life in general yeah you guys are really gonna fucking love this one yeah. this is a good one definitely definitely well here he is jeff blue welcome inside the crazy ant farm how are you man
2: well i'm fantastic thank you so much for having me. I like <laughs> talking like this too so we can keep it going there absolutely. we go Absolutely, go. There man.
0: We, go. we like the energy. We like the energy. Exactly. He's already starting right with us. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, crazy is in the name. Crazy it's is true. in the name. But man, we're so super excited to talk to you today because you're basically the mastermind behind the music industry. I mean, you've dabbled in a little bit of everything with a little bit of everyone. So what we like to do at the beginning of every interview is have our guests introduce themselves to the listeners. How did you get started in the entertainment industry and the music industry? Was it something you always wanted to do or did you just kind of fall into it
2: oh well that's a very very long question but i will (laughs) will give the very quick answer i started at ucla going to be an orthopedic surgeon found i was scared of blood which is essential uh went into econ econ business then into uh an area that over the sign at UCLA, it said communications department. Ah. And, uh, so I changed my major on account of that. And it was, uh, It just seemed like a more fun, relaxed thing with no blood in it, you know? <laughs> and, you uh, I, I interned for, uh, a guy named Harvey Levin, who was a reporter at, at CBS news, mm-hmm. a legal reporter and, uh, interned for him. I was actually acting, uh, during UCLA too, just cause you know, I lived in LA and, I wanted to try it and I got a whole bunch of commercials and my commercials were playing during the time, like the news. And uh, he would always say, you should be a a legal reporter. So I was actually a drummer since I was 13. I was in tons of bands and stuff, acting. And then I went to law school, which sucked really bad and I (laughs) resented it. And uh, so I I pulled up and and started another rock band and I ended up getting uh, a meeting with somebody as a total fluke uh, at Geffen Records. uh, And he completely thought I was somebody else. Uh, and proceeded to ask me to leave his office when he realized that he was talking to the wrong guy. But that is the moment where I learned what A&R was. Um, because I asked him what he does and he says he signed bands and I asked him, how do you, how do you make money? And he goes, I get paid to do that. And I go, well, that's the job I want. <laughs> so awesome. What am I doing in law school? So I, I decided at that moment, I, I, he was lecturing at UCLA, in fact, uh, that night, and I snuck into his class and I said, this is the moment that's changing my life. I was in the back row. And uh, I set out right after that, I got an internship, uh, a couple different internships and realized that I had to get my name known uh, cause I wasn't getting anywhere uh, just being smart, you know? So um, I decided to become a journalist and mind you, I was still in law school. So I started a music magazine and um, started getting my name out there that way. When I graduated law school, I couldn't get a job cause I did have long hair and an earring with mm. a big long, uh, uh, an angel hanging from the earring and a goatee and yeah hair down to my the middle of my back and that <laughs> yeah. it just wasn't a good vibe for lawyer lawyers didn't think it would it would be intimidating on the witness stand you know for <laughs> uh, for people so funny oh uh, so long story short yeah i i, I literally bs my way into becoming a journalist and i i say that uh very literally i just Lied my ass off and about me being a writer until somebody gave me a job uh, to cover some bands. And I actually, the first band I ever covered, uh, I ended up um, managing and being the drummer for eventually. And got the when I finally got a job at Zomba Music Publishing, um, it was because of my journalistic skills and writing about unknown artists, uh, you yeah, for Billboard and Music Connection and Rip and. God, whatever else was uh, I was writing for. Um, and I had a magazine called Crossroads. So it was all based on uh, unsigned acts. And uh, being a journalist allowed me to define and analyze all the elements that uh, an a person would like. Performance, musicianship, songwriting, um, production, image, star power, um, all that kind of stuff. And I had to write it in a coherent form uh, that you know was concise and uh, interesting at the same time. And I covered artists like Korn, um, Weezer, uh, Pete Droge. I actually did an article on, on Sheryl Crow really early But, um, yeah, I I just started being really early on all these artists, and I got a job at Zomba Music Publishing, and uh, that was my first job ever, and then I turned that into a career.
0: Yeah, dude, that whole thing was inspiring, just listening to that. Like, off the bat, I love it. I love it. And doing our research on you, uh, a lot of people say that you're the guy that finds the diamond in the rough. How do you do that? Do you go out and just go to the local bars, go to the local places, and look for musicians to be playing? Or do people, like, send you their stuff? Or how does that work? Um
2: you know I was never that guy that would just go out every single night. I like Lincoln Park, uh, was the result of me lecturing at UCLA and an intern, a, a kid that was uh, a student coming up to me uh, and wanting to intern for me. He, he met me the next day, uh, completely ambushed my office without an appointment. And he said that, you know, he wanted to be my intern, and he had a band that was gonna be bigger than Corn, Limp Bizkit And, um, he also had a Matchbox 20 uh, plaque on my wall because I was somewhat involved with them. Uh, and, And, you know, so I, sign, I, saw, I signed them off their first show they ever played ever wow. uh, which became Linkin Park yeah, it was a band called Zero their first show and I was just like you know uh, same with Macy Gray Macy Gray came to me in the form of a demo tape where she was already dropped from her, her publisher her manager and her record label and I heard it and so that just landed in my office but nobody else wanted to sign it and nobody wanted to sign what became Linkin Park and uh, very you know other than like Corn uh, and Limp Bizkit uh, they were already existing. Right. Um, right. But I, I, i nobody wanted to sign Limp Biscuit though uh, to the publishing deal, which was shocking because I thought they were a really cool band and, you know, despite, you know, whatever reputation they may have now, I think they're dope. And I think the first, you know, few albums were amazing, uh, you know, especially the first two. So, you know, I was, I guess I'm just really early on it. And I, I, I don't really care about fan bases. I don't care about radio play. I don't care about any of that other than, um, the authenticity of the artist and the vision. And if there's something iconic there and, uh, that's what I go after. I mean, uh, um, um, another band that people love to hate i i tried to sign off of the first time they ever played which was um it was a band uh in vancouver they played their first show in a uh, the back of a record store and i happened to walk in uh and hear them and offered them a four thousand dollar publishing deal and they wanted to sign it and my boss goes anybody who wants to sign a four thousand dollar deal isn't worth it and uh that band was nickelback oh wow and uh Wow. So Chad and I laugh about it all the time, but ironically, Lincoln Park signed a four thousand dollars publishing deal too. So um, that was how much you know we, we gave to them because I thought the four thousand dollars deal is a, a good number. It's just under five and They're it's more right. than three.
1: And so when, when, when the, with the story with Lincoln Park, I mean, did it help that it kind of reminded you of you? Like, here's this guy coming in, totally, get, you know, breaking rules, bullshit, and he says, I want to be your intern. I got this. I got." I mean, it kind of like had the balls to come into you and say, this is what I want and I'm going for it. It had to remind
2: you of yourself young, right? Oh, it 100%, 100% did. And, you know, he, uh, yeah, he, a lot of his elements too. You know, he was going to go to law school. You right. Know, he came from the same background as me. Um, and, and yeah, we we're both UCLA students. We were both con majors. So yeah, it totally reminded me of, uh, he was a little, a little cocky and self-assured and I, I loved it. He was, he was actually more, way more confident than I was. And I, I like that about him. <laughs> but I love me.
1: that because it's the whole, the whole old adage of fake it till you make it, but you can yep. actually do that if you have the skill and. And you're able to do what you say you can do. You absolutely can do that. So I, I, yeah, I'm with Logan. I think the whole story is inspiring as hell.
2: Cool. Yeah, that's what that's what I had to do. I. I literally wanted to be in the music because it's so bad. I would, uh, and I don't think this is in the book um, because I took it out, but I I literally would go to these. I used the journalistic approach, you know, to get in to see these shows uh, in order to not have to pay because I didn't have any money. And um, I would come up to people because I I would study who the people were. And at that time, this is pre-internet. So, you know, I I would just look in the magazines. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. Or hear somebody talking and I would come up to him like Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good to see you again and they you know, they look at me like, Who are you? And I'm like, Oh, we hung out at so and so. It's cool, you were drunk, you don't remember And they're like, they're like When? I go, Yeah, it was backstage at something and I'm like I really perfected the art of confusing people until they they, they were like, oh, well, this is embarrassing. They do not remember. Right. They must have been drunk. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, you were drunk. It's okay. And they're like, well, oh, come into the office. We'll hang out. And that's how I got to know people.
0: Wow. That's so freaking yeah. awesome. Well, I mean, you brought it up, the book, One Step Closer, what you're on to talk about tonight, man. It sounds super inspiring. And I mean, is it just a story about, like, your encounters with all these bands? Just basically how you got started and how it all went down for you?
2: No, it's really the Story of Lincoln Park per se. So it's um, and again from my perspective. Mm -hmm. So when they entered my life, it really the band for me started with the guitar player uh and that UCLA class and me and his his relationship with me and taking him under the wing or my wing and I took him to all these you know meetings and taught him the business he would you know come by and invite him to play poker with all my buddies who were lawyers and and you know business people um and I just really loved the kid and and uh I gravitated towards his towards his music, and you know I, I met the guys obviously in Lincoln Park. You know, at, without Chester, it was a different vocalist, and I just really believe in each one of the individuals. So. It's that story about how, you know, they were progressing and I would constantly shop their music to record labels and all the rejections and the uh, the qualities it takes to overcome adversity and overcome rejection to uh, have faith in your vision and proceed, which is uh, to me, it's very inspirational. And I honestly, when I was writing the book, I was getting inspired all over again because it's a story about youth uh, as well, because these are elements that come with youth because You've got that, you know, for most of us that that are just inspired, passionate music people, you have to have that drive and you have to have that belief in yourself or else you'll never make it. Right. And there's a ton of talented people that just uh are talented and they're more talented than a lot of the superstars that we know but they don't have that drive and they don't have that passion with you know that nothing's going to stop them from achieving their dreams and it you know the book discusses that it discusses how to overcome rejection how to deal just expect rejection because you know it's It even discusses my uh, process in getting a a job. And it was rejection after rejection after rejection, constant. Um, I was rejected by every single manager, publisher, publicist, uh, record label, you name it, um, until I got uh, to the Z's and uh, there was an actual book called The Yellow Pages of Rock. And it was a huge uh, like Yellow Pages type situation. And uh, it was the last company, the Z-O-M-B-A, and they gave me a job. Literally the last one in the book, no joke. And so there had to be like 250 phone calls that I made, rejects, so I had about 250 rejections uh, before getting the last one who actually gave me a job. Um, so it's a, it's a the book is a story about uh, a young band and a young executive who believed in them and what it took to uh, you know make the biggest selling debut album of the 21st century. Oh, How do you like that? Uh, you that's go. great, right there. That's <laughs> a sound clip.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> it's also a great elevator pitch for a film. I'm yeah. just saying
0: I, you know it. <laughs> just saying, just saying. That's the well, next I biopic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next biopic. But something else that it says the book talks about is uh, mental health, which that's a huge thing that we're talking about in the new year on the podcast is how rejection in the entertainment industry does affect the mental health game and how it affects just basically everyone around you and how you need the support system. So talk about that a little bit. What was the mental health game like when you were trying to do all that and kept getting rejected did you keep that positive outlook the whole time or did you stumble along the way and was like man why am i doing this what's going on or how did that happen
2: well i had a very different approach to it because um i actually had uh two very close uh family members of mine one being my father and grand- great grandmother who committed suicide so mm-hmm. um i have a, a history of um, not dealing with things well, <laughs> you right. know, like genetically. Um, and so, you know, I am predisposed. Um, and it, it, I kind of relate it a little bit because I did not want to to discuss, obviously, um, you know, Chester's situation because that is, this book is an inspiration. Right. Right. Um, And, but it does deal with the ability to overcome and to just forge ahead. Um, And yeah, the rejection got, got to me many times. um, But especially the, the drama and the stress during making the record because we were, we had 44 rejections from record labels. We finally then got, with Lincoln Park. We finally got uh, a deal with Warner Brothers, only to find out that uh, by the time we actually got to the record label, which took nine months, um, that the guy who signed the band, well, the, the, the head of a who actually allowed me to sign the band and wa- signed me as an AR person was let go. Oh, and the shit. new guy there uh, is the guy that passed on the band three times, didn't like him and really didn't care for me. And that was just, if you read the book and I urge people to read it, it's, it really, it, it seems like uh, a made up movie, but it is absolutely real. And it's very real life because these are those true stories that you, you'll go through. You think everything, you work so hard and you, you know, busted everything down just to get to that, that, you know, that moment in your life where you're going to make that record and two weeks into making the record, you find out that you're about to get dropped. And it's just, you know, that is real life. Stuff like that happens and it's either the people that, you know, get stronger from that or the people who give up and crumble and the band breaks up. And, you know, the, the former happened with these guys. You know, we just, um, it was a lot of drama, a lot of stress, but the band forged ahead and I think it made everybody stronger to be honest with you. Uh, made the album stronger. It, it really made us, the cat Focus, hyper focus on making every single second of the hybrid theory album um, incredible.
1: Well, and, and even more so, why we are going to direct everybody to read this book because, like, yeah, you know, it, it is inspiring and and a story about life and and that the fact that it doesn't always work out the way you want it to, and that sometimes when things seem like that, there's something, there's actually something else. People need to know that, and people need to know that even though that shit happens in life, you can overcome that with the right attitude and you can still move forward and you can still be successful so we could not be more happy that you wrote this book and that you've got it out there and that you because for us starting a discussion getting people to talk and being able to know what's real and what isn't in life is important and we need more people like you
2: oh thank you appreciate that yeah it's uh it's super important just to forge ahead it also discusses about the ability to listen yes Uh, you know it's you you want to put everything in context you know there's going to be always be a bunch of haters but even the haters have a modicum of truth to it so the ability to you know follow your passion follow your dream believe in your vision but also be objective sometimes and step back and go hmm you know what this uh, this chorus could be better I- i'm losing somebody here and if you're if, if everybody like you, you know one thing that i would always do is i play music for people and see you know their uh, physical body cues and their body language mm-hmm. and you know if they start to tune out or when they tune out and, and I noticed that. And if it's it's a common thing, uh like common area, I'll be like, okay, I'm losing somebody here. And then they may not know how to express it, but that's an ability that is uh necessary to communicate with another person to find out what what inspires them about your music. Because when you're writing the music, you're always very subjective. Right. And then the messed up thing is everybody's always gonna tell you how great you are, mm. no matter what they're like, oh, it was great, I love it, you know. I'll, that you know so when you talk to artists like oh my friends love this i'm like yeah but they're your friends and they're you know most of them are just gonna hype you and yeah so it's really important to surround yourself with people who know how to communicate musically and can be objective and you know you can trust but uh it's you know overall you've got to make your own decisions about everything that you do because that that is your vision and you need to stay true to that but you also need to be able to listen to potential uh you know little nuggets of truth out there Mm.
0: That's so good. That's so good. And talk about the work of being a music producer. Are you basically like the director on a film set to where you tell them to elevate their pitch a little bit or to feel some sort of emotion that's just not coming through on a previous take? Or What's the mindset of a producer going into the studio with a band?
2: Well, the producer generally is the overseer creatively, uh, the guide, There's also the engineer. So, some, you know, depends if you, you know, are producer, engineer, or just producer. In my case, I don't engineer. So, I direct. I, you know, I I make a lot of suggestions. I will, I'm also a songwriter. So, I don't know if the listeners out there actually have won, you know, a couple BMI awards, well, one specifically, Uh, you know, as a songwriter, I had, you know, quite a few hits out. Um, So, I also produce and write. So, I'm very close when I, most of the stuff I write, I at least co produce on some, not always, but anyways my point is is that as a producer you are kind of the overall guide um and you direct yeah everything from you know the performance especially uh trying to get the the best performance out of the artist Mm -hmm. but also kind of the arrangement and you know some some producers are more hands-on I'm extremely hands-on which is you know people either like that or they don't but i'm very very involved in you know Everything beats, guitars, you know, drums, every little sound, and especially, you know, guiding harmonies and vocals and and getting into, hey, you know what? I think you could write a better, you know, pre-chorus or a better bridge here. Let's try this. And so I get very involved. So the producer is more of the guide, the songwriter is the actual physical writer, whether it could be melody, lyric, uh, or music. Um, and uh the AR person is generally the person that is responsible for going out and discovering the artist's bringing them to the label and then um, channeling that, that artist through all the facets of the record label to get the record released into the public. Mm, yeah.
1: Cool. And I, ha- I have a question too, cause I'm really interested because you've served in both, you know, the creative and the suit role, right? A, a, as a producer and yeah. as a songwriter. So, what are your thoughts on the whole, the artist and keeping uh, control of their catalog or rights to their, because that seems to be a big issue in the music industry right now with losing control of your catalog or not not being able to maintain the rights to the songs that you've created. What are your thoughts on that? And what would you say moving forward in the industry for artists to look out for with that?
2: Well, you're, you're talking to a person that broke the careers of Linkin Park and Macy Gray and The Last Good Night uh, as, uh, a music publisher so A music publisher is uh, somebody who gives the artist in advance um, uh, based on the publisher's share of uh, the copyrights. Right. So I am in that business, or I was in that business uh, in the beginning of my career. uh, And I think it was, you know, obviously I worked my butt off for the artists and gave them a lot of insight and helped them, you know, well, I did get them the record deals solely. So I'm the ones who shopped the the artist and, and guided them And gave them the support and and helped with the direction. So I think uh, it all depends on the individual, just like with any team. So if you have somebody that's just a physical, a monetary uh, coffer that just gives you money and not much else, uh, you know, that could be the money that you need to live on and create. So uh, you know, people can uh, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. You could always be you know uh, look back and go, oh, you know, I could have got a lot more. Well, the truth is, everybody that uh, this how publishing works is you get an advance. And after that advance, you make the same exact amount of money as uh, you would if you got a million dollar advance, as you got a $5,000 advance. Right. Um, you're just recouped way quicker if you got a $5,000 advance. If you're selling the same amount of records, it doesn't matter. Unless you're going to get like a million dollar publishing deal and you sell only two records, then yeah, you came out and the publisher got screwed. Yeah. So it, it's all about, you know, you're just getting in an advance and somebody's collecting your royalties because otherwise you got to do it. Right. So that's what a publisher does. Re- having control of your catalog is. Uh, yeah I mean that's it's a bonus but I mean you're you're pro you know unless you're going to be like you know a Taylor Swift or somebody that really wants to retain control of everything and you know most people are going to be happy to get their songs placed in um, you know movies and tra- soundtracks and film and TV because that's the way that a lot of artists get discovered you know? absolutely and it
1: comes down to like like right from the very beginning of that topic it comes down to who you surround yourself with If like you said if you're mm-hmm. around the right people and you're with the right group and they're working hard for you and they're doing what they're supposed
0: to do, you're in good hands, and that's the way it should be. Correct. Yeah, and uh, an artist that I want to talk to you about because I know you're a fan going back on your Instagram, Grandson freaking brand like we're just super fans over here and i mean just i went and saw him live uh before covid shut everything down and back in last november i believe around then and man this guy has some real talent and he's finally getting the recognition that he deserves like getting his songs put in uh the suicide squad trailer and just a whole bunch of other stuff so how did you guys meet how did that whole relationship start
2: um my best friend uh another guy actually discovered he was from spain uh and he came out and auditioned i mean i i do these like one-on-one music things and his band hired me and i found this drummer out of the band and i'm like dude you're great your band sucks and we became really cool <laughs> yeah. and i stuck him in a couple bands and then uh he's i helped him get his visa his name's david remen uh i just talked to him five minutes before i jumped on here <clears throat> um and he uh he played in a, a tyler rich's band who's on universal republic he's a country artist and he also also brought me um the grandson demo mm. and he goes what do you think about this and we would listen to, we, we used to go surf once a week and i'm like holy crap this is good bro um this is really good because most of the stuff he played i'm like eh, yeah you know it's okay right. <laughs> i like the country the country artists a lot because i do actually like country um but i'm like this is really good and um i went to go see him and uh there wasn't five people in the audience uh i brought a buddy from a record label he walked out he goes "It sucks and i'm like i think it's really great and i um i actually discussed uh co-managing uh with uh they have a great manager ameed and uh you know they just you know he wanted to do it all uh, on his own which you know is great because he's he's done a great job and jordan and him are a great team and you know when i saw jordan <clears throat> You know, I was just floored. I was just like, "This guy's a star. He's Bob Dylan meets, you know, Zach." And you know, you've got trap rock, Rage Against the Machine. You got beats. I mean, it was just awesome. Yeah, it's and, all uh, and the guy's got one. a message. Yeah, he's actually in my docu series. I'm doing a, a docu series on the history of AR. Um, But again, I brought grandson around to several different major labels, and everybody passed. Mm. So you know, um, again, that that goes to Jordan and uh, and Amit, his manager. They really. For forged ahead and did everything on their own and got out there and played and they got the uh the ears of Alison Hagendorf over at Spotify who played them and she's like hey Jeff have you heard this band I'm like yeah my best friend's the drummer and <laughs> nice. you know just literally exploded uh yeah man so the they're amazing and I you know there's very few rock bands out there that I think are really that great um but uh yeah I think they're amazing
0: I completely agree. I complete, I think they're like just completely necessary right now with their political movement and especially with everything that was going down the past four years. I mean, we needed some sort of anger relief and I felt like they provided that for us and it was just really good. Like like you said, it's just a whole big melting pot of basically everything. So I love what they're doing right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I mean, talk about your docuseries a little bit, A&R. What, I mean, A&R is kind of like a liaison, right? Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. This is why you're here to teach us things. So, what does the
2: A and R person do? Uh, well, A and R is uh, you know, uh, kind of morphed since the '60s. Uh, you know, back in the day, the A and R person would produce, discover, you know, guide everything along. There was only one or two people at the record label, right? And we um we interviewed one of the guys who discovered ACDC, dc Foreigner. <laughs> Zeppelin, Genesis, um, you know, he's a really cool guy, great stories to tell. Uh, we go through the 70s, we have, you know, uh, uh, Michael Rosenblatt with, uh, you know, the story of Madonna, how he brought her in. She was just a, uh, you know, a club girl and brought her into Seymour Stein. He was in the hospital having a heart surgery. Wow. And she performed for him. So we, you know, we go into that story and that, uh, you know, we go into the 80s with Chase Blum and Twisted Sister. And, you know, then I go into the 90s with, you know, my stories with, you know, I mean, we go through hip hop, but just that's just the sizzle. Alone. Right, right, But, you know, we tell the story of Linkin Park, Macy. Uh, you know, we go into Jay Z. We go into um, uh, Bruce Lore talks about uh, Dave Matthews Band. You know, he's this is all in a five minute sizzle, mind you. Uh, so we got Dave Matthews Band, Foo Fighters in there, Lincoln, Macy, uh, and grandson, and we just you know all packed mm. into like five minutes. So we're talking to uh, several different uh, large companies right now uh, about releasing the do- the full docu series. So we're in the process, and then I also uh, wrote a um, a movie screenplay called Rehab uh that is kind of a psychological thriller horror movie. Oh, and um so I'm in the process of uh having that uh in front of a couple big um you know Hell production yeah. companies and uh and then I'm also doing a podcast uh, with a guy that's on iHeartRadio. Uh, named ad i'm not sure if you know him ad roundtree so we're doing kind of the stories behind the the making of you know albums and just funny stories and yeah just uh doing a lot right now and then yeah, i also manage uh three <laughs> i managed three artists uh two are hybrid percussionists uh and djs um and then i have uh, a young artist out of um actually out of virginia too uh who's lgbtq uh and like a fast kind of rap slash she's got actually got an incredible voice. Hmm. Um she gets really dark and really real with everything. So she's uh she's kind of like a Bill Eilish meets um MGK a little bit. Oh, wow, oh, okay. Know, uh okay. eminem yeah a little kind of that vibe. Um so yeah and then I had this girl Chastity Ashley who uh she used to be the percussionist for Duran Duran um when she was really really young. Um and so you know she's in her twenties but she's she's opened up for Kygo, uh Kanye Coachella, she's done Frank Walker at Ultra Fest, so she plays drums, sings, and uh, DJs, and uh, I don't know if you know the EC Twins too, but I handle them. Wow. Um, I got this guy, Ravi, uh, who is goes – he's international, Indian, DJ, drummer. Um, actually, if you're from L.A., you've probably seen him, but he's yeah, yeah. he's the original guy that did all the uh, drumming slash hybrid uh, DJing. So, wow. yeah, got a few different things.
1: You are the epitome of living life to the fullest, man. Yeah. You are. <laughs> that <laughs> hustle you is say you are- Yeah, that is insane, man. And, yeah, I have no doubt the docuseries will-, will get picked up and your film because if there's a guy that clearly knows how to pitch, it's you. Yeah. I have no doubt oh, that, yeah. that, dude, yeah, I I see it coming, and it could not be a more better time for the docuseries. I mean, documentaries,
0: especially about music right now, are just slaying, so, dude, I think it's all right there for yeah. you, man. Yeah, I mean, that one just dropped on uh, Hulu, the one that's kind of about how hip-hop is also intertwined with the underworld, and if the underworld, like, there needs to be hip-hop with the underworld, that type of stuff, it's crazy, but yeah, I... I'm so excited about this like dude just the way you talk about your projects and the people you represent like I mean you just radiate the positivity and the passion that you have for this industry and I mean we need more people like you and especially people who are not yes people because like you said dude your band sucks yeah you're awesome like so I mean we need more people that are not yes people that will give us the accurate critiques that we deserve to need and to just continue moving forward because I mean there's too many yes people in the world right now. There are. I mean, a lot of people get coddled, and that's not what we need. We need to be able to produce and make the best possible content for the listeners, for the viewers, and for everybody out there who just wants to listen.
1: And positive mindset and passion. Like Logan said, I mean, you you talked about it earlier in this interview about that's the two key components to all of the rejection and making it through all of the rejection. Because we talk about this all the time. If you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe you can get it done, then why the hell would anybody else believe in exactly. you or want to get it done with you? So uh, yeah, your your mindset and your passion like speak volumes as to how to get it done in this industry. And and industry really
2: why well, I, I appreciate that I have one codicil here that you should absolutely take note of because I learned this the hard way too you should never go in as a excuse me you should never go into anybody in an in executive position and tell them you've got something that's amazing that's going to blow them away. And the reason you don't do that, you can always go in with positivity and feeling good and you can radiate that. But the minute you tell somebody that, they're they're expecting like the best thing you've ever heard. Mm. So anything anything less than that is going to be a disappointment. And people also don't like being told what they're about to hear, something that is amazing because it's a little bit offensive. So that is a little nugget that I learned uh, about three years into my career. Yes, that's um, And it's a great People nugget. don't... Yeah, don't ever tell somebody like you've got the best thing, you know, you've got the best rock band since blah blah blah, you've got the best singer since, you know, whatever. This this is this is the next big thing. People don't that's that generally puts you in a bad position. It's just psych psychologically. So that's my little my little nugget. Uh my I think that's the third nugget I've dropped here. So yeah. Oh yeah,
0: dude. dude we're we're taking it all in. We're taking it all I
2: mean, in. We normally right.
1: so we normally end these conversations with pass along some advice and you know, it's a,
0: and you've been just feeding it all, all night long. So that's fantastic. <laughs> just Oh man it's freaking awesome to have you on the show bro but before we let you go we want to have uh two little conversation or two little questions that we've been trying out new on the podcast the first one what music are you listening to right now
2: wow um well if you honestly want to know i have different uh i have like four different moods so i I listen to uh a lot of believe it or not 70s old stuff so i listen to like a lot I have a, I have about, I think it's my playlist is about a 960 hours or some something crazy. Oh, I have to look, <laughs> but it's an insane, it's days and days. Um, oh, maybe it's ninety six hours or something. Anyways, I have a, a playlist like that. I have a hard rock playlist which has a lot of new stuff, but primarily old. Um, and then i listen to a lot of r&b uh and i listen to country and obviously i do have hip-hop in there so i have my r&b hip-hop stuff so i listen to everything i think that's really important too you should yeah. just listen to w- one thing in particular because the other the other little, the fourth nugget, or we may be on number six or seven, <laughs> <Right>. but, um, <laughs> is that every song, a great song should be able to be um, performed in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, a pop song is a pop song. And it doesn't mean pop like, you know, in the essence of, you know, Kiss FM or Katy Perry type pop or right. anything like that. It is a popular song. That's where it comes from, popular music. Song structure, uh, you know, if you break any song down, you put, say you want to put heavy guitars on, you know, a dance song, then it becomes a rock song, you know, uh, or a country song, make it, you know, pop or hip hop. Whatever it is, that structure is, uh, in whatever form, that is a sign of a good song. Right. Just the the essence when you break it down. So I listen to tons of music. Uh, the reason, you know, when I was in a I was in a band um, that was like prog rock kind of. It was crazy. It was called Meat Nixon with this amazing uh, vocalist. Me, I was the drummer, writer, and uh, my buddy was the bassist and he's vocalist. And uh, our shit was crazy good. Um, but. <laughs> I was listening to Nina Simone and Billie Holiday all the time. And that, because of her, because of those uh, CDs I was listening to, I was able to appreciate Macy Gray's voice and uh, have that vision for her with her. Uh, If I hadn't been exposed to... All that jazz, uh, you know, and soul singers. You know, as a fluke, I probably wouldn't have been able to recognize the talent that was in front of me. Um. So yeah, I think uh, I just listen to a lot of stuff. There right? you
0: go, man. That's great to hear, though. That's great to hear. And then the second one is, what musician or what artist inspired you the most and helps you through your day with your creative process?
2: God, then that's another question that, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I just can't say one. Right, um, it's so difficult. And with my creative process, I mean, again, any. any Anywhere from, you know, Freddie Mercury is probably my all-time favorite. Um, creative. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I can't. I have my workout playlist. I have I have playlists for everything. Hell yeah. But, you yeah, know, my favorite artist of all time is Freddie. Uh, mm but I also, you know, I mean, Nina Simone is just a—I love her voice too. But then there's, you know, yeah. there's just so many amazing artists. I don't—I don't, I don't want to say one particular. Right. You, hey, man, Freddie Mercury and
1: Nina Simone are two like really good choices. Right. right?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you yep. did you see well, Bohemian? Prince? Prince is like one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. But you know, then he he took so much too. You listen to James Brown and ah. every artist is inspired by people. You know, like every that's the other thing too is like if you can incorporate a lot of different elements um that inspire you and not just you know sound like somebody else and you're you're golden yeah
0: yep absolutely exactly man exactly sure. well listen man thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us get a little crazy and just pass on all those nuggets of advice because all of our listeners are gonna love it and soak it all in and use it to help them move forward
2: absolutely and we shouldn't forget um, the book is called one step closer yes from zero to number one becoming Lincoln Park by Jeff blue um, my Instagram is Jeff blue music uh, same with my Facebook uh, so follow me there and yeah, for any other artists, I do, you know, work one on one with artists and some that I believe in I end up producing. I've discovered a lot of I should say about six or seven artists that way and gotten them record deals. So I'm very hands-on. Uh, you know, I do listen to stuff and you know, I, I will sit down depending on the situation and, and work with people. So um I'm always looking for great artists. Awesome. Dude, we will definitely direct everybody to all of the
1: projects uh, the book and and your Instagram and everything that you got going on and open invite, man. Anytime yeah. that you want to come back and, and- and, and talk and, and just, uh, you know, not, not even to promote anything, dude, just to chat because, like I said, the cool. Nuggets, not just for the industry, but for
0: life, dude, so inspiring. So, man, was an absolute pleasure oh, to talk guys. to you, dude.
2: Likewise. All right, guys?
0: Man, that guy, I mean, he definitely knows how to pitch and sell himself and sell anybody that he believes in.
1: Yeah, and, and I love because... <sighs> Sometimes, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes if you don't know something, you have to act like you do know (laughs) or or at least make sure that somebody who you're talking to believes that you know. He was like just so awesome to say, no, I just walked up in there and I said this, 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 this. None of it was true, but I was just going for it. And I'm like, I love that because sometimes that is what it takes. Sometimes you just have to believe in yourself enough to convince somebody else that they should be doing this. Exactly.
0: Plus, I love hearing the backstory on how he met everybody and like what a day-to-day process is for a producer, an A&R person trying to discover talent or to inspire talent when they're in the studio. So it's just an awesome learning experience for anyone out there who is also trying to break into the music industry. This interview was for you. And man, oof, thank you again, Jeff Blue, for coming on the show all right now it is time for the top five segment man and ooh, jason keeps making them harder and harder i mean this one was like so damn near impossible y'all yeah. like monster movies yes first,
1: what is a monster movie i know right? what makes a monster like
0: there's so many
1: possibilities yeah because the go... first thing
0: i think of is like thriller horror obviously but then there's so much more than that there's actually comedy there's like a whole bunch of shit right are serial killers monsters right <laughs> yes right like i mean- I mean so this was tough man. but i I think we got it i I think think we we did too i think we did too well let's start off with my number five and this one was probably by far the most original concept that i might have ever heard of um abraham lincoln the vampire hunter yes that was fucking crazy i wasn't expecting that to be as big as it was or as good as it was but it was fucking great because it still gave you history on his backstory and everything but he's also fucking people up with like a an axe and shit. Like I love it. I love it. Um. Yeah. I have the book. I read the book
1: first, and it was like phenomenal. Oh, and the movie. I didn't know. The movie was. It's about as close as an interpretation of, y'all forgive me, I'm laughing so hard, but this, this lovable Peanut, you guys know Peanut, you love Peanut. Yes. He literally was just trying to move his bed on his head <laughs> back behind here, I think, and it didn't work. So he was just like, fuck it, I'm just coming back there. All right, anyway, so it's a great book, and, and it was a really close interpretation from the book. That's so awesome. I was really happy about that. Yeah, good choice, man, yeah. good choice. All right, my number five. Is not necess- necessarily scary, but it's full of monsters and it was scary to one little girl and <laughs> but i mean obviously just one of my all-time favorite movies i'm of course talking about monsters inc yes i mean come on man john goodman and billy crystal and the gang i mean it was just it's so good and has such a good story it's just like all the pixar movies and, and, and just an amazing so
0: monster movie right yeah, <laughs>
1: but it is monsters and so yeah
0: monster movie i always thought that one was really good too especially for pixar coming out the gate It's like the third or second one that they did, and it was just revolutionary, honestly, for the CGI game. I think so, too. I think so, too. Definitely, definitely. Well, my number four goes to... Men in Black. And I'm going with the uh, Will Smith ones, not the new one with uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, Valkyrie there. What are you saying? It was okay. It was okay. (laughs) I mean, but eh, eh. Will Smith and fuck what's his name? James Earl, not James Earl Jones. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones. It's a Jones. Uh, He's he's your Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, (laughs) that's what he is. That's what he is. But yeah, man, Men in Black, especially the first one, just so damn good. I love the Uh, dynamic between those two which I didn't think was going to be there, but... Yeah, I really like that when Aliens come to Earth and trying to figure everything out. And then the Men in Black also work with the aliens sometimes. So, yeah. really good. Really and good.
1: aliens are definitely monsters.
0: Yeah. I mean, without doubt. Exactly. So, I mean, because of that movie, is why I really like pugs, by the way. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> I want a talking pug.
1: Don't listen to him. Don't him. listen to Don't me, listen me Tina. To him, Tina. Don't listen to me. He's like, pug, pug this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. He- he'll probably make an appearance, guys. So yes. you-, you see us, we're petting him. He'll pop up. It's fine. Okay, my number four is legit. Monster. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know whose monster it was? Frankenstein's. Ooh. Frankenstein's monster. That's a good so, one. of course, I'm talking Frankenstein, the 1931 classic. Yeah. The 1931, back like the legit day. back in the day Frankenstein. Scary as shit. You watch it, it's scary as shit. No wonder people were like terrified of fucking Frankenstein. I mean, yeah. this, this was creepy. The makeup and the torches and like, I mean, it, it was cre- Frankenstein. It was yeah, creepy.
0: and I mean, spawning to the comedic young Frankenstein was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I watched the new Tom and Jerry today, and they were actually, Jerry was in the hotel room and he was watching young Frankenstein. Well, there you go. I mean, that was fucking badass, dude. Like, very good, friendly kid movie, by the way. I mean, yeah, but don't go into it expecting. A cinematic masterpiece, but, you know, you know, very good kid movie. All oh, right, actually, I did put this one on there. I didn't even realize. Uh, my number three goes to Scooby-Doo, oh. because he is always <laughs> trying to figure out the monsters, and I mean, so is Peanut. Peanut's trying to figure out monsters, yes, too. Peanut is
1: trying to figure out the monsters.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, Scooby-Doo is everybody's favorite, especially when the cartoon was around, but then when James Gunn did his incarnation, the live action, yeah. everybody loved those, too, which... Honestly, in such early stages of CGI, wasn't expecting it to be good. But it's a cult classic. Yeah, and, and actually
1: Scoop looked great. Yeah, like, like, And so did Scrappy. They should have not kept doing them after James Gunn was not involved with them. Agreed. Like I, I just like when it was different cast members and like it was awful. Yeah. But I, I like you. I really liked the first one and full of monsters, even though they're always humans.
0: Yes. just uh, saying. Agreed.
1: All right. <laughs> now, my next one, my next one. King Kong. Mm. King Kong, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm talking about the 2005 version with Jack Black. Yes. Um, You know, that's kind of the Kong that we're seeing in Kong vs. Godzilla. It was kind of spawned that King Kong, right? Okay. I loved the 78. I did with Jessica Lange, and I thought that was a great one. And I'm even a fan of the original with Fay Ray, But I just really liked the incarnation with, with Brody and, and Jack Black and, mm-hmm. and, and the gang in 2005. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a good homage to the 78 King Kong. Um, I think that's the right year, 78. Mm. The 70s King Kong. Yeah, <laughs> um, there you go. So, yeah. King Kong. King Kong. He is the king of monsters. Don't listen to that Godzilla bullshit. He's going to whoop his ass. I can't wait. Let's see,
0: man. Let's see. (laughs) He's being billed as the underdog. That should tell you everything. The underdog always wins. (laughs) Quoting Denzel Washington, King Kong ain't got shit on me. (laughs) It's so funny. Well, he ain't fighting Denzel. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) All right? He's fighting Godzilla. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, my number two, we're taking it to the horror genre. Mm. We're going with It. Honestly, the first It that just came out, uh, like, the first one, not the second one, not It Chapter 2, I really enjoyed that one, but nothing tops Tim Curry. I mean, that, the TV movie was just so damn good. Like, I had it on DVD and would play it, like, over and over and over again because it was honestly terrifying. Not that I wanted to be terrified. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it was just so good. So good. So, yes. Number two for me, It Pennywise. Yeah. I'd tell you my number two, but I have to be quiet. Oh shit.
1: Okay, fuck it. It's a <laughs> quiet place. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I mean the monsters are scary as fuck because we are. never see the monsters, right? Like like I mean and, and uh, hello hello. So until like we kind of see them, but yeah, y- you know. So um, I think the scariest monsters are the monsters that you don't see. It's true, and, and because then it's all up to your imagination, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You know, so a quiet
0: place. Yeah, it's such a brilliant film too, because there's like three pages of dialogue. <laughs> like, it's true. If that it's true. It's a brilliantly written by John Krasinski. Yes, <laughs>
1: three pages of dialogue. Yeah, right. Um. No, all all kidding aside, they're fantastic and they're fantastic together and here's hoping they'll be fantastic together. There you go. Fantastic
0: four. I was about to say that one. All (laughs) pun intended, all Uh, of it. Yep. That's so great. That's so great. (laughs) Well, number one for me, I don't know why, but this one just holds a nice, near-dear place in my heart. And, I mean, Hugh Jackman, obviously, he's a freaking great, and you guys know we love Hugh Jackman. But Van Helsing, mm. when he was Van Helsing. Like, that, I don't know, just something about that movie, that thriller genre, and him in that role. I just feel like it was done so well. A lot of people hated that one, but I really enjoyed Van Helsing. So, so let me get this straight. We're doing a top five
1: monster movies. Yes. And two of yours are vampire hunters. Yeah. But Dracula is not on your list. Yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> like, That's a
0: good point. Uh, I'm
1: I'm, good like, point. I'm baffled. You have two Dracula killers. I don't. But but no Dracula and Dracula's much. Yeah, I did, Okay. Alright. Hey. <laughs> don't question my process, man. <laughs> it's your top five, bro. It's your top five. Exactly. Uh, I don't have Dracula either. I'm just picking at him because he's got two vampire hunters. It's I'm true. just saying. Alright. All right. My number one. And I love it for more reasons than just because it had a monster in it. I, I, it's I, it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's definitely within my top ten. It's an homage to film. Yes. And it's just brilliant from start to finish. I'm talking about, of course, Boom. Super 8. Super 8. Super 8. Yes. J.J. Abrams' masterpiece about a small town with a monster. A monster that invades. He's from space. You don't – again – it's, you don't really see him until the very end... You know, uh, if you haven't seen it, sorry, just spoiled it for you. But you do see it at the end. (laughs) But he's creepy as fuck, and so it's your imagination the whole time about, like, what does this thing look like? What is going on? That's some weird-ass sounds. That's all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: What does it look like? So my number one, Super 8. Such a good movie, man. Yeah. It really freaks. I mean, it it really is. Yeah, but that is our top five monster movies. What are your top five monster movies? We want to know. Be sure to comment in the YouTube uh, section, or be sure to add us on Twitter instagram or message us directly because we love the fan interaction we're all about building those connections that's right we love to talk exactly yes
1: we will give you our opinion you tell us yours. we'll tell you ours exactly exactly <laughs> well
0: now heading over to the box office recap number one last week was crude's a new age hopping back in front of little things um i it came in at number one with 1.7 million and number two came in at 1.2 million the little things mm. and Number three was Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. With 905,000. Such a good movie, man. Such yes. a good movie. Yes. Uh, what? What are you Wonder at? Woman is back on top. Uh, uh, trying. She's trying. <laughs> She's going to right. get there. That's right. She's uh, going to get there. That's right. But yeah, she came in at number four with 805,000. And number five was The Marksman with 775,000. They just keep flip-flopping back and forth every week. It's they do. like, who's going to be on top? Yeah, they know, do. But I, I mean,.
1: This week, it's Wonder Woman.
0: Exactly. Um, And new movies coming out, possibly in a theater near you. We got Tom and Jerry. Like I said, pretty good kids movie. I think the family would enjoy it Um, nowadays, uh, who frame Roger Rabbit, in my opinion. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, yeah. And we got The Father, Crisis, The Vigil, and... Tiger, Tiger. Tiger, Tiger. Of which we
1: may be speaking to somebody from Tiger, Tiger coming up here in a couple of weeks. That's right. Little tease.
0: Little tease. Stay tuned. Okay, we are talking to somebody from Tiger, Tiger in a couple of weeks. It's (laughs) happening. It's It's happening. happening. (laughs) Who? Stay tuned. Exactly. Uh, Movies you can still go see possibly in a theater near you. Monster Hunter. Nomad Land. Land just in general. Yep. Um, news of the world and the war with Grandpa. Bobby. People love it, man. Bobby is People still there. Him.
1: But you can see Bobby until you choose not to see Bobby. Yeah. I mean, he's going to always be there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, now heading over to the IMDb Pro top trending segment. You guys know we love this app and they love superheroes, man. I mean, this yeah. week it is all DC and Marvel. The top trending movie, no, by no surprise, because of that trailer that dropped, which was super badass. Oh, Yeah. Um, um, Zack Snyder's The Snyder Cut Justice League. Yep. So, oh, I'm just I'm counting down the days for oh, that mini series. Me too. <laughs> me too. Oh, man. I cannot wait to see that
1: fucking movie. It's gonna be badass. It is. Um, and we've got some news about Superman. I mean, it's just like like we've talked about it in the industry news section, and I think. We're going to continue to see... There's going to be movement. There's going to be movement. Next week, we're going to be talking about it. There's a little something breaking. It's not yet. It's not official, but it's going to happen, I think. Okay, it makes sense, right? So what what you were saying, Marvel and DC. So TV show... Of course. Duh. Of course. WandaVision. It's all anybody's talking about. We said it last week on the show. The most popular show in the world yep. right now. Literally. <laughs> like, literally. And holy
0: shit. Did you <laughs> see this week's? Dude, so good. What? Actually saw it for the show. We could talk about it, finally. Yes. Such badass, Oh, man. my gosh. I think Wait. there's going to be a huge epic battle
1: i think so too and it's going to be between two people that you don't want to see have an epic battle but it's going to happen anyway we're not
0: going to spoil it for you guys watch it and then you'll be like holy shit there's a lot of explanation in this one a lot of things get explained so stay tuned for that a lot of things confirmed and a lot more questions yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and by no surprise the star scarlet witch herself yes who I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. She got named Scarlet Witch in this latest episode. That's right. She finally got called Uh, by um, the moniker. Elizabeth Olsen, who's just killing the character, man, and finally getting the recognition she deserves. Yes. I mean, she is just an amazing actor, so I'm happy to see this spotlight on her.
1: Yeah. And... Who the fuck out there didn't know she was related to the Olsen twins? Right. Like, why is this news all of a sudden? She looks exactly fucking like Michelle. Like, granted, the twins don't look like Like them them anymore, anymore, (laughs) but she does. Like, who was it? Somebody posted, it might have been Jason that posted, like, Elizabeth Olsen is what everybody thought the twins were going to grow up to look like. And so, I I just, I didn't get that trending thing. Like,
0: uh, who didn't know that? Like, oh. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny, man. It It is. It's pretty freaking funny. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for a jam-packed Episode of Woo! 151. Man, I mean, it's literally our moniker, guys. I, if it's going down in Hollywood, we're talking about it. Dorn right. That's why we're here. We're here to report that news to you. Yeah. We got to thank our guest one more time, Jeff Blue, for coming on the show. Such an amazing guest, especially, I mean, we don't really get the chance to talk to a lot of music people. And our goal for this year was to talk to different people. And I mean, why not a freaking epic music producer like himself? That's right. You know, I mean, such good people pieces of advice and such an honest individual to be honest with you and work with so many cool artists. So it was really cool to have him on the show. Be sure to follow him at Jeff Blue Music, I believe on both Instagram and Twitter. Yep. And buy his book. Yes, buy his book looks very, or sounds very inspirational. Yes. And be sure to follow the company on social media, at Crazy Media. And, of course, you guys know you can follow the podcast on social media, at Podcast, And you guys know you can follow us both individually on social media, myself, at JLoFantastic. And crazy Ankai nineteen seventy. That's right. I remembered guys. it this
1: week. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: you had that little break, that little last hiccup week. last week. It's... I've got coffee this week, yeah. lots of it, ready to go, ready to go. But guys, you know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hello, hello. You see Peanut. You see Woo, Peanut. You this is why appearance. you guys Woo. need to watch the YouTube video. <laughs> (laughs) so you can see the adorable puppy dog, man. He is just a great freaking dog. We got so lucky with him. But be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring that bell for all the latest and greatest crazy notifications. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can donate to the Patreon page and start rocking the new merchandise gear, guys. It looks so good. Like we've been talking about, a lot of people have been asking for podcast merch, and we're trying to provide that to you. That's right. I mean, you ask, and you shall receive. That's right. But, man, it was such a good show. Honestly, the whole industry news segment, I was very surprised by Paramount Plus having so much stuff. This might be the most we've ever talked about Paramount. I mean, like
1: seriously. Like, it's normally, like, them giving shit away. Yeah. But, like, no. Th- yeah, that is, like – and. I- I mean, I'm just going to say it. My favorite part, obviously, you guys know all the superhero stuff. But aside from that, I think you say that, that
0: every week. No, way. it's true because I'm <laughs> I a think geek.
1: Whoa, <laughs> look at my shit. Everybody knows I'm a geek. It's fine. It's fine. But I, my favorite was Frazier. Yeah. I am so. I know you're excited I, I, about I'm gonna say it. I know I said it earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm so fucking excited about Frazier. Sure, no. I'm kind of bummed because that kind of sort of maybe means no last tycoon. Yeah, I, I'm still holding out hope for that.
0: But I'm gonna take Frazier because Frazier's a win, right? And I just you know, I yeah. know, and it's so cool to see Disneyland finally somewhat reopening. I mean, trying to get back to it's normal sort land. Of I, of, I mean, that's what we're all striving for, really. Yep. And I mean terminator an animated series that i'm just so intrigued of what that's gonna yeah, be yeah like. and
1: not just animated but anime yeah. like like that's gonna be i know uh, i mean it's gonna be weird to see like an anime
0: arnold right like, and will arnold voice it that's yeah. gonna i don't, i just gonna be crazy and is uh james cameron gonna be executive producer i don't know like we'll, that's we'll find out. the real question but of course, you guys know we love Oprah. Has that interview came out with um, Harry and Meghan yet? Nope, nope, not yet. Ah, stay tuned. I'm so excited about. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's close though. It's like right around the corner. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's happening with the only O that matters. You know her. We love her, Oprah.